0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, Marvel is teaming with a fitness brand to make you look like Cap. Marvel Television is teaming with Fox to co-produce an X-Men-based television series. Uh, Spidey said photos are leaking, and we've got more Infinity War talk than you can shake a stick at. Ooh,
1: I have a stick. Uh, Plus... We're just going to cover a lot more feedback. We still have tons of feedback left over from Civil War and from Daredevil, and we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. So, we'll be right back after this. ba 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 Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Jeff Randall. How's it going, my friend? am doing all right, sir. I how forgot my name. That's good. It's good that you know that. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> Whenever we do, now that we're doing every other week, like two weeks, I just forget how to do this.
0: I, I forgot how to podcast. But we shouldn't have this conversation every time we do it, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we remember how to have this conversation every time. It's true. It's true. We're very used to it. It's very repetitive at this point. <laughs> we're... we're repetitively bad at this. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anyway. Let's break
0: down some news. Breaking it down, sir. Uh, The first one that I have is kind of a a personal story. I just really like this. Um, Marvel is teaming with a fitness brand called Onnit, O-N-N-I-T, to make a Marvel-themed set of of workout equipment. Specifically, here recently, they put up pictures of Captain America's shield-looking barbell plates. Like, they've got the the star-spangled barbell that's plates. That's funny. And I'm just like, I need all of them.
2: Yeah. You have They're- to
1: get a home gym now just to put all the Marvel
0: yeah. equipment in there. Yeah. That's yeah. No, funny. no, I'm just going to keep them with me when I go to the gym at the office.
1: It's funny uh, how much, <laughs> I mean, we, we have obviously been inspired to be more fit because of these movies. It's funny how much that's like a part of uh, superhero, because our, these superheroes are all
0: so sculpted. <laughs> I you mean just, you saw those arms when he was pulling the helicopter yeah. down oh yeah Ooh. This is super sexy <laughs> guns so the uh, the plates that they're releasing like they're not doing a full set of you know all of the equipment ever it's just like 45 pounds and 35 pounds and 25 pound plates are coming in yeah it makes sense Cap shield I'm like yeah that makes sense because you know a cap wouldn't lift less than that. No, You, you know, no, <laughs> you know how it is. I don't think you would lift that little. No, man. No. I, I'm i currently deadlifting 365, so anybody that wants to get me these, I need at least th- six 45-pound blades. Couldn't you just get two and put them on the end? No. Nah. No, there's other stuff on the ends. <laughs> Smaller amounts. Smallers. Uh, actually, no, I don't like it. I just Dumb. don't see that. I don't see the point of putting them all throughout,
1: you know. All they're, the cap that you can handle. They're sir. probably more expensive than regular ones. So they probably are. I'll just put regular ones and then put these on the end.
0: Yeah, but you got to show off how baller you are by having all of them be yeah. Captain America themed. And then just wear them around your neck as chains. Yeah, and you, uh, you actually lift in an Iron Man costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. So, next up. Guess what? What? Joss Whedon has said that he would come back to Marvel directing if... He could direct a Jessica Jones like female led movie. Cool. Not like the supergirls that his daughter wants to be made, but he wants to do dark stuff.
2: Hmm.
1: But you remember. remember what he said? Dark stuff? Or he, he, honestly, Jessica Jones feels like Buffy. Like the, the show feels a little <laughs> Buffy esque. That's fair. And so, like, I can see. I don't know. I, I definitely see Joss Whedon being drawn to that kind
0: of television. Yeah. And. It seems like he's, because you remember uh, in uh, around the time that uh, Age of Ultron came out, he was just like, "I'm done, I'm done with everything for like a year. I'm not doing anything else." Yeah, and well, it's been know, about a
2: year. <laughs> obvi- obviously,
0: that's you know not true because he was immediately working on other stuff that's coming out now. But now he's like gonna be returning to the marvel fold
2: yeah or not, or he's not he, would. he
0: said he would rather than just being completely done with it and a lot of people a lot of the rumors circulating around that are, are basically saying that's because of the split or not the split but the realignment from uh feige being under perlmutter to oh interesting being under Iger, uh like he, maybe his problems were more with paul perlmutter yeah. than with uh well, because Perlmutter has a very strict uh adherence to like this is the direction it needs to go, and any deviation is bad hmm.
1: so yeah no, i mean it's it seems like Perlmutter seems more like the traditional uh executive, and it seems like a lot of the artists are you know slamming up against him, yeah, they're bucking that control, and uh we'll so we'll see now that. Um, Feige is in full control. What happens to and, our Marvel Cinematic Universe? You
0: know, it'll be interesting as well to see what happens with the next story because Perlmutter is still over like Jeff Loeb and all of Marvel Television, right? But Marvel Television has come to an agreement with Fox to co-produce an X-Men television series, an X-Men based television series. Um, there's not really much in the way of uh, of, of story on it, other than. It's two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers. Forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with an underground network of mutants and must fight to survive. And that's all we have on it. But there is a put pilot commitment, so we'll at least get the pilot. (laughs) Even if it doesn't go anywhere, we'll at least see and get the pilot. Cool. And um, Jeff Loeb uh, commented on it, head of Marvel TV. Jeff Loeb said... Marvel Television is thrilled to be co-producing with 20th Century Fox Television on our first project. Uh, Matt, who is the... Uh, That's me. The writer. No, Matt oh. Nix. Oh, sorry. Not sorry. Matt Carroll. Not me? No. <laughs> it's supposed to be written by the, uh, the creator of Burn Notice, Matt Nix. I really
1: like Burn Notice, by the way.
0: Good, good. I know um, i heard that name before. <laughs> he said, Matt's a huge fan of X-Men and his take on the X-Men universe... Uh, which or with its rich characters and high stakes adventure is exactly the show we want on Fox. It's a great team of creative producers who will be making something entirely unique. Cool. And that's taken the place of um, the hellfire series that they had mentioned or that they had talked about making, which was supposed to be following the hellfire club and um, be set in the sixties. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I remembered that one. (laughs) <laughs> there was talk of it. We didn't talk about it cuz it's not MCU. Right, right. But with this being Marvel Television, do we think that this could be MCU drawn in?
1: I mean, not if it's not if it's mutants, I guess. I mean, it's X-Men and they're mutants. So, I would say it's probably
0: not in the same universe. But what I you know, I've been I've been pushing for this one particular way to bring Fox into the fold. Okay. What is your with the way? Fantastic Four alternate dimension thing?
1: Right. I don't don't know what you are talking about.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> say if Marvel gets the rights back to Fantastic Four and they bring them back into the fold with yeah. the you know their uh, the Marvel's first family the 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 Fantastic Four are notorious for discovering alternate universes and going to them. So if say they discovered an alternate universe or they came back from an alternate universe or whatever, and they made a link to them, then those technically would be different universes, but they would be, there would be the chance of at least a little bit of incursion or crossover of any sort. I
1: think as much as it, it might be heresy, uh, to rewrite, uh, the X-Men history. <laughs> I think that one of the problems with the current X-Men series is they're too locked into their time periods. Yeah, they're like, really dedicated to the time periods. Like, this has to have happened in the 80s. This has to have happened in the 60s. Yeah. Um, and, and I understand that certain characters, like uh, Magneto being born of uh, World War Two, like, being ha- having lived in that era uh, in Poland, like, that that's part of his character. But, like, I think... I think they could make the X Men new and different, and just update them and bring them into current timelines. You know, yeah, and still have a character that is Magneto and a character that is Professor X, and just may, maybe they maybe mutants are a thing in the MCU. They've just been kept secret. They've been you know <laughs> they're a better kept
0: secret than the Inhumans.
1: Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> may, maybe the um, may, maybe Professor X has been using his mind powers all this time to. You know, make people that find out he's been men in blacking them, um, <laughs> men in black wheelchairs in them. Yeah, his, his wheelchair is a neuralizer.
0: Look at this spoke, <laughs> right here. <laughs> that would be so bad. I can't um, believe I said that.
1: But so, you know, something uh, to that effect. That I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not a writer, but like. I just think that you could update those characters, and you don't have to stick uh, Jubilee in the '90s, and you don't have to stick, uh, you know, Professor X, and um, you don't have to have the whole like they did the whole Cuban missile crisis thing in first 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 class, class, which I liked first class a lot. I thought it was really good, and I liked um, Days of Future Past a lot. Much less Apocalypse, much less. I still haven't seen it it's it, it with first class i really thought they were like oh wow they're updating the the mythos they're really going for something even though they're sticking with the same time period they're like they're updating these movies to fit in with what comic book movies are today and then with apocalypse it was like a huge step backwards yeah um so it just felt like a 19 or a year 2000 uh, x-men movie
0: which like Uh, enough can be said about those x-men movies like setting the precedent for nowadays marvel films you know nowadays superhero films especially like they they did a really good job of making it acceptable mainstream like it's actually it's okay to start talking about superhero films being good like they were all right but they were, like, it, they're nowhere near as good as MCU movies, and MCU has just completely turned all of that on its head. Like, that was okay for 2000, but now you got a, you got a different standard to uphold. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Like, so someone was talking about, um, on one of the podcasts I listened to, why Iron Man isn't mentioned, in, Iron Man 1 isn't mentioned in the conversation for the best MCU movies.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it's always people always talk about Winter Soldier and Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and the truth is Iron Man One is amazing. I love it, but, but. <laughs> it set the standard and then they have raised that standard even even in just the seven or eight years that that the MCU has been going. They are constantly raising the standard. Yep. And um, Iron Man One did that, but then they have they have su- they have successfully exceeded that standard with almost every film they've made. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not every film they've made. Not not all of them. But almost. <laughs> I said some were kinda like they ran parallel for a little while, but then they've really just in the last few years have just gone up and up and up and up. It's just been great. Yep. Um, every May we get just like a new standard of what a comic book movie should be.
0: <laughs> yep. Every new temple.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just setting the bar a little higher. Yeah. I mean even even Age of Ultron, which uh in some ways didn't resonate as well with people still set the standard in, it, in like some of the fight sequences in that are just ridiculously awesome and um some some of the things were still advancements of the of the genre
0: yeah um even though the pacing was a little weird it it was yeah. quick it was quick but i mean the film before that Guardians of the Galaxy oh yeah Guardians of the
1: Galaxy and that wasn't even a tentpole that was Blew that, blew the top off. That was
0: just like, here's a new thing that we're gonna try. Oh, that worked really well. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that some more. Let's do that some more, and then um, they got this this deal, you know, with Sony. So they're gonna rake in all that Spidey money. Yeah. You know, and we already saw how great, like. Captain America Civil War is the best advertisement for the Spider-Man movie upcoming that can oh, be yeah. done. It's, it's just the best idea. Do you know how how much of a backlash
1: they had to the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? A lot. Because it was too close to the previous Spider-Man. Like, you're rebooting it already? It's only been like seven years. Why? You know, like. Yeah.
0: I don't even think it had been that long. I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, I'm it not- had not been very long. And yeah. they were like we're going to reboot it and why yeah and then i guess they thought it's okay cuz we're going straight into um a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of villains and we're going to make a really big story out of two. like no no no
1: stop yeah that was the mistake with the uh with the first <laughs> with the number 3 of, yeah, the, like, of the
0: other shows. don't just go straight into what's bad
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop that um and and you know i don't hate those films uh, but my point is people weren't excited because it was like they just did <laughs> – they, they, no no one, no one was ready. No one wanted a reboot of Spider-Man. Yeah. It was like either continue the story. I think they're learning, and the MCU is proving this out. We care about our canon, and, and obviously I do. I'm the biggest proponent of canon ever, and I've talked about it on this show a number of that times. Deep continuity, a deep, deep continuity, and I, I'm not alone. I don't think that I think that people really want the canons to be the same. They yeah, want-
0: I mean, there's there's enough of of a group of people, that, at least that are talking to us on you know on the social media outlets about how it's really frustrating that Agents of Shield seems to be kind of not mentioned in the canon and kind of falling away from it. Like yeah. maybe not hitting all the continuity points. Absolutely. So, I mean, we know, like we, we yeah. feel it.
1: People care if something is in the same canon, they really do. <laughs> um, and just reboot reboots, reboot reboot. Everyone knows reboot is a dirty word. Yeah. Um, and so, so the fact that they were able to with, with civil war, take a property that just got rebooted in 2012. and th- That's not long ago. <laughs> five years later. That is insane to think that they're rebooting Spider-Man again. Five years later. It's a
0: soft reboot, though. They're not going to tell the origin story because everybody knows it. True.
1: Um, and that was a big problem with the Andrew Garfield movie. Is I felt like I was watching the same... The the origin story It
0: was an alternate universe origin story. They
1: are ten years apart, by the way. I just looked it up. It's two thousand two. Okay. Amazing Spider-, Spider Spider-Man was two thousand two, Amazing Spider Man was two thousand twelve. But this new one, Home Spider Man Homecoming, is gonna be two thousand seventeen. Five years, half as much time, and do you know how much more excited everyone is
0: about this one? Oh God, it's because it's a different studio. Like they didn't change anything other than like uh, it's a different actor and a, it's a different ish origin I mean, it was, story. It was different.
1: It was diff- different creative team and everything. And so there's there's something to be said for that. But yeah. it, the, the, the it's in the same canon as the MCU, and that's all. Yeah, that's the that's big why thing. It matters. Is that yeah. it's
0: it's Marvel Studios now, and. You know, they've got the best creative prop or the best creative uh, powerhouse of movie making out there right now on it. Um yeah, Nathaniel, and it's a Muzzy, homecoming.
1: Nathaniel Muzzy posted, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Nathaniel Muzzy posted about this and he said, So it's X Men, but Marvel TV and Jeff Loeb are involved. Um, seems like Marvel and Fox are getting pretty comfortable with each other. I know I'm probably the in the minority, but I hope the body. This bodes well for Marvel Phase Four Fantastic Four. Yeah, I think that's almost too perfect. I've, I've heard I've heard that on a few websites and podcasts, and we've even said it on this Phase Four Fantastic Four. You just got to do it; it's
0: perfect. Y- yeah, it it flows too well. Phase Four, Phase Tastic Four.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it's just perfect. It really is. It like the marketing could be.
0: And, like, after Thanos tears Amazing. everything up and we have, you know, a wrecked team and, like, people die and, you know, everything is – Avengers disassembled, yeah. basically.
1: Which they already kind of are.
0: Yeah. And then the Fantastic Four come back and they're like, we have to fix this. Like, that's exactly what I'm looking at. Yeah. And now, as much
1: as I've said I don't really want – I don't want the the, the Fox – x-men movies to be a part of the mcu yeah i think it would be a bad thing i think it would water down the brand but if they did some reality smashing and time travel in the thanos uh in in infinity war and it caused some sort of change in the timeline where we got fantastic four brought in where they were the first family and they'd always been the first family yeah yeah. they could totally do that Oh, and then we get a fan- then we get this awesome fantastic four-back story happening. Be a lot of fun.
0: Doctor Strange is setting us up for this. Sure.
1: Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, they've said time travel about Doctor Strange. They've said possible time travel. No,
0: no, like the the ancient one. What if I told you that this universe is one of many? That's true. Boom, right there they're setting it up. There's <laughs> it's, it's the possibility is there already.
1: Yeah, you 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 were just talking about uh using the Fantastic 4 as a way of crossing universes, but we've already got We've so.
0: already got universe crossing about to happen. Yeah. And what we
1: is- saw it that inception style trailer where these it looks like universes are colliding together. They really could go there.
3: Oh um my and God. I don't
1: think I don't think they're going to bring in the X-Men. Uh most notably because I don't think I think they want to keep making money off the X-Men and I think Fox is fine with it. But if they see how successful Spider-Man is, yeah, it's all going to hinge on Spider-Man. I'm thinking. I think they could bring the X-Men back in, but I definitely think they're going to bring the Fantastic Four back in. Oh yeah, Fantastic they're Four. They're going to have some sort of there's, deal.
0: There's too much talk right now of Fantastic Four like properties and whatnot. Yeah, um, th- th- I have stories on that later. Uh, something that James Gunn talked about, but I was um, I wanted to try to get to talking about spider-man because uh tom rothman the sony chairman uh talked recently about um how important the the spider-man homecoming movie and title at least are uh he said that the title is relevant this is quoting him the title is relevant to the story because it takes place in high school and there is a scene at a homecoming dance And he said, I've actually seen the dailies of it because we already did the high school shooting of it in the first couple of weeks. It's fantastic. But it's also a homecoming to Marvel and a homecoming to the cinematic universe that Spider-Man belongs in. So it's a pretty unprecedented deal between two studios, but we're really proud of it. And all I can tell you is those guys at Marvel, I think the technical term is they know their shit. We're really, really fortunate (laughs) on this because Marvel and Kevin Feige have really embraced the character and nobody knows it as well as Marvel. It is another crown jewel of Sony's for sure. It's awesome. That's great. I uh It's the chairman of Sony. Yeah. Talk, talking about how great Marvel is <laughs> and how awesome it is for them to be doing all of the creative stuff like It's like they understand like yes, we screwed up. We did bad. Yeah. Please help us fix it. <laughs> Give us the money for it. Like we'll take in money, you guys just make it. You can have the character. We know you love the character. Do stuff with it.
1: I think with the failure I mean, and it wasn't a huge failure. It made money. Uh, but with the uh, crit- critical failure of Apocalypse, I think it would be very possible that the next X-Men movie is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that is possible. Problem is, Deadpool did amazing.
0: Deadpool, Deadpool did do really As amazing
1: good. as it was is probably the thing that is standing between them giving up the rights to X-Men.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they Deadpool spent a lot and, of money
1: on Apocalypse.
0: Yeah, originally it would have been Wolverine. Right, right. Because Wolverine's like the big name of but the X-Men no, franchise. But no one's
1: liked the Wolverine movies. That's true. Um, but here's, here's, here's what I, I think is amazing. Deadpool is the one character that you could take, his movie already exists, you could completely insert him as the same character oh, yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and he would just discuss how he entered the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it would be fine.
0: Yep. And everybody would be like, What are you talking he'd about? He'd meet the and new f- He wouldn't care. He'd
1: meet the new actor playing Wolverine and be like I thought you used to be shorter <laughs> <laughs> Or taller.
0: You know, either yeah. way. But Well that's the, the whole is thing is to be Wolverine's really short.
1: supposed to, No Wolver- Oh no, he's supposed to be yeah, you're right. You're right. I had it backwards. He's supposed to be short in the comics, but he's tall. Yeah. The actor's taller, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So <laughs> you could just extract him like this and just be like, no, no, keep keep doing that, Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Just keep doing that you over here. Keep
1: all your memories. Keep the character. Keep the, keep the actor. Keep the creative team and just insert them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> and let them comment on the fact that they just flew into a different universe and... Oh, well, <laughs> it <Like, laughs> would be so perfect. It would be great. And it wouldn't, they wouldn't miss a beat. They would all. make
2: more
0: money. Yeah, absolutely. Would make so much if, more if money. Deadpool could interact with Iron Man. I mean, come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if he could struggle to lift Thor's hammer while Thor is just kind of staring at him questioningly. Yeah. That would be the best thing ever.
1: Yeah. It would be amazing. Look, I, you know,
0: in the comics, he looks up to Thor. Like there's a there's a point where Thor like finds him trying to steal something. And uh and Thor like grabs him by the back of his of his suit and like lifts him up by like what looks like the nape. <laughs> like a little dog, and he's just like, you know, I really find you quite attractive. <laughs> and he's like, Oh god, did I just say that?
1: Deadpool. Deadpool would would be a wonderful addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He would. He would so much. But they could also completely abandon him to his own universe, and he'd also be awesome. That that movie was just delightful. Yep. (laughs) It's the best non Marvel Cinematic Universe thing comic book movie that's been around lately. It's great.
0: I would have to agree. Non MCU film that is superhero, definitely. I would say the best, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I have to agree. Yeah. I haven't seen the extended cut of BVS yet, though.
0: Has it come out already?
1: It did. It was oh. out in theaters and everything for a minute.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it came out for like a day. But I think it's out on video the now. Did it actually come out? I believe okay. so.
1: I'm not totally sure. I'm not. I a- just know that the guys from uh, DC On Screen reviewed it, and they liked it a lot. But they liked the other one a lot. Yeah. So, so. can they be trusted? Question. the question. Be- <laughs> I mean, um, no. They 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 said they they actually said it fixed a lot of the issues that I had. So I'd like to I'd like okay. to watch.
0: Okay, I'll you know I will give it a shot. Me too. And I'll still probably trash talking a little bit just because it's not Marvel. But that's you know that's how I roll. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know Go how ahead. I do. I do. I <laughs> do. So going back to this Marvel stuff. Um, have you heard about the uh, the petition started on Change.org about um, Russian viewers are wanting to change the voice actor, the voice dub actor for Spider-Man?
1: Oh, I did hear in about Civil this. War yeah.
0: because he sounds too childish. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then they get like a much young like Tom Holland's already young, but then they get like a 11-year-old yeah, well, <laughs> voice or something like that. That's
0: what I heard. One of the one of the people that commented said like, "We know that he's like still in school. You know, we still we know that he's like a schoolboy age, but he doesn't need to sound like he's 10." Yeah. And I was like, "God, guys, that's real rude." But apparently Marvel just Marvel films in Russia have a really bad history of just being misdubbed, miscast, translation problems, like all kinds of things just gone wrong. Yeah. And that's that's unfortunate. So hopefully Spider-Man is, uh, is better for uh, the Russian populace and the world as a whole. When uh, Spider-Man Homecoming comes out, they've already uh, started filming on that mm. as well here recently. Because, um, you know, there was the torch passing ceremony in Atlanta. Not a ceremony, but James Gunn. Was all like, "All right, guys, we're handing it off. You guys have fun." That's cool. High five.
1: We gotta get it. We gotta get in those movies. Yeah, We gotta become extras in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, or any Marvel movies. They're in Atlanta. We're so close. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, Charles McFall could uh, get us in, right?
0: Yeah, he knows people. He knows people. He's in Atlanta. <laughs> He's in Atlanta, and he knows people. I mean, set photos are coming out, so we could probably just like walk up. <laughs> It looks like, no, there's a a Twitter account that has posted a bunch of set photos and a video on set of um, Spider-Man Homecoming stuff. Uh, He looks like he's, in the video, it looks like he's stopping a robber and taking his bike. (laughs) Like, webs him up and then takes his bike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's kind of rude, but, you know, it's 16-year-old Spider-Man.
1: Well, you gotta do what you gotta do when you're a sixteen year old Spider Man.
0: <laughs> you know, I've had these powers for six months, and you know, I'm not really a hero yet.
1: <laughs> I wonder what we're gonna get from the Spider Man movie. I wonder if it's going to just start. I know they're saying they're not doing the origin again, but I wonder if he'll just be. I wonder if we're gonna get any Uncle Ben stuff, any flashbacks. There's probably gonna be flashbacks, or if they're just gonna go with. Um, we know his backstory. He's Spider-Man. We
0: saw him in Civil War. Here's his movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'd be okay with that. I would, too. Because it's it's like, at this point, they're not holding anybody's hands. Yeah. Like what they did with Civil War. They were just like, you guys should have seen the 12 movies leading up to this. Like, (laughs) If you haven't, what are you doing here? It's your responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) We're not responsible for telling you the backstory that you should have already seen. Go watch them and then come back again. Because you were confused. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> let's move on to other things. I've got just a, a couple of, not a couple. I've got some like kind of rundown things, like you know, uh, quick info coming out. Luke Cage is going to be at uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. Uh, Comic Con International, I think they call it. Yeah. Um, they're going to have a sneak peek of something at SDCC. Uh, San Diego Comic Con this year is. July twenty first through the twenty fourth. So anybody out there that wants to bring me in, I can I can give you hugs. I'm good at those. Um, <laughs> any any cooking that you would like done? I'm I'm a skilled uh, chef. He will be your personal servant for a few weeks. I will definitely do that if you want to bring me out to San Diego Comic Con. Bring <laughs> me in there. <laughs> I um yes, yes. Oh, you want that? Yes. Yes, sir. I will do that, sir. Or ma'am, madam. I'll call you madam. No matter
1: if you're ma- uh, I will wear or a female. tails
0: coat for you. <laughs> but that's beside the point. <laughs> I look fantastic in tuxedos. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Um, James Gunn had mentioned that they're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is, I mean, it's kind of important because they, they had skipped SDCC, I think, last year or the year before. Yeah. Because they didn't really have anything come, uh, you know, uh, coming out, anything available for the next round of stuff. And, um, now they do, like. James Gunn is going to be there with Guardians of the Galaxy Two stuff, and uh, he specifically said that San Diego Comic Con is going to have new technologies in place to prevent uh, piracy. So, because they're going to be preventing piracy so much, I obviously need to be there. That's why I'm. I need you, somebody. Yeah, in somebody San let go.
1: All right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move okay. on. Stop. Stop uh, begging for tickets, please. <laughs>
0: please. Anyway, uh so the thing that I talked about earlier um with the talk of Marvel versus Fox properties, James Gunn had mentioned on his uh, on his Facebook account, I believe it was, uh that when asked, he said that uh whether or not the scrolls the the question was so you can bring Cree into your movie but not the Skrulls? like where do the rights lie on that? Because the Kree Skrull War is pretty big in Marvel Comics, yeah. Uh, he was saying that the um, the the rights to specific Skrulls are at Fox, but the Skrulls overall are uh, currently a um, uh, they're co-owned, like a kind of a shared property, I guess. Right, similar to
1: what we got with uh, Wanda and right, 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 right,
0: right. Um, and the the general thought is that like the super scroll is obviously yeah, first Fantastic that's a Fantastic Four a, property.
1: It's got to be Fantastic Four property.
0: Yeah. So, however, they could probably somehow get the scrolls into the MCU with an invasion plot of some sort. Yeah. Pretty handily, maybe. I mean, they could rework Thanos' origin. I don't know why they would want to do that, but uh, his chin. Looks a yeah. lot like He's the, a little scrolly. A little a lot like the scroll chin, you know. Yeah with the d- weird d- markings. As and... much as they
1: tend to stick to the source material, I doubt they would go there, but they could. Well no, Thanos is not a scroll. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Okay. So I'm doubting that they would make that change his origin in that way.
0: Oh, I gotcha. They want to stick to it, so don't do that. Gotcha. Well, I mean, It's just a thought. It's a possibility. They just, they, they look similar. Yeah, they definitely do. Anyway. Um, so it's, it's, it's a possibility. You know, there's, Skrulls could come in. We could, he could be leading them in some way, whatever. Yeah. I still like my idea of, of Norman Osborne showing up and, uh, taking down Thanos, like getting the last hit and proclaiming himself to be the hero and getting put in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and, um, the Avengers, and starting up the Dark Avengers. I just, I really love that idea.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Anyway. I really like Nathaniel Muzzy's idea. He posted, um, knowing about this um, this news, he posted, So I know th- this didn't happen, but wouldn't it be cool if it was really a scroll Tony, that returned from space at the end of Avengers? Oh, God. <laughs> All the awful things he's done, tearing apart the Avengers, uh, just... Just machinations of the Scroll Queen preparing for her secret invasion.
0: Oh, the Nathaniel, You're that fiend. is a beautiful
1: idea. That is a great idea. I don't think there was time, and I don't think it makes sense with Iron Man 3, He, him having flashbacks and being frightened of space and everything, but it would be amazing if they pulled a four movies later... Iron Man has been evil all along. It would be <laughs> awesome. It would be amazing. Oh man, not just one movie, not like, oh, uh, you know, Tony Stark's been tied up in a closet for six scenes. No, it's like for a decade you've been watching a scroll. Like that would be that would be amazing. I would be <laughs> so on board with something like that.
0: Oh man, that would be that would be intense and then like oh or
1: maybe it is it maybe all those flashbacks to to that is just cuz all of his people were dying yeah from the nuclear explosion and that was and he is a scroll oh man i would i'd would love it i think that'd be amazing plus all the people that don't like iron man 3 it could be like it wasn't really iron man <laughs> like fabro fabro could come back to direct what he what they're going to call iron man 3 and later they'll call that iron man scroll um <laughs>
0: yeah and then when uh when thor ragnarok comes out and they're like doing their buddy road trip thing they just happen to find tony on another planet you know in a prison and they break yes! him out Yes, <laughs> they somehow this. he survived
1: the nuclear blast i don't know all the everyone else died but somehow he survived yeah he
0: was just thrown into space yeah. that's all it was he was thrown into space or maybe and- he was like partially
1: through the portal and got like sent to another dimension or something <laughs>
0: We're trying so hard.
1: Some somehow somehow he survives and they find Iron Man Yeah, tied up in the last reel somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, that's the stinger is they, they show up at some sort of like intergalactic prison and they're like
1: stuck. Oh my gosh. How how amazing would Robert Downey Jr. pull that off if he was like a a decade imprisoned Tony Stark? Oh man! Like he loves he loves taking that character to different places. Yeah, and he's done talk about character growth. Like, what if he had to play a version of himself that's been like tortured by scrolls for a decade, and now he's like trying to come back and be himself again and take back Iron Man, uh, the Iron Man mantle, and
0: he could be an alcoholic. Oh yeah, for sure. He would have to be an alcoholic. (laughs) He'd been sipping on that scroll juice too long. I mean he would go back to being an alcoholic and be um, like a uh, superior iron man
1: he grabs the alcohol alcohol i never left you <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was all that was all that scroll tony <laughs> got to make up for lost time <laughs> Just drowns himself
1: Whis- whiskey 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 <laughs>
0: oh man and like he could he could do the the superior iron man thing because like with when they came out with superior iron man it was back to tony being an asshole and being like uh very much above everybody so that could cuz i mean if you came back from like scroll imprisonment and you were mad cuz you've been captured and like nobody came for you until somebody happened across you but like I would be so mad at the scrolls and I would be exactly the superior Iron Man character. I know. Like that's exactly what would happen. And I mm, mm now we got all kinds of other theories. Wild speculation or
1: or, or, or he'd feel really superior if he somehow escapes the scroll prison, teams up with the likes of Peter Quill and, like, fights his way back to Earth. Like, what oh if he's God. like, what if he's the, like, stinger of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? <laughs> and if he's like, they find him in a scroll prison. Oh, I man. really, I really like this idea a lot. I would, uh, cause it would just blow my mind. Like, now, obviously, I'm thinking about it, it wouldn't as much. But, like, if I'd never thought of it, and then they did that shit, I would be
0: <laughs> out of my mind. Uh, what if he just stowed away on Peter Cool's ship? And, like, yeah. We saw there were there were scenes. Oh man! <laughs> well, no, there were there was the um, the Earth like scene with the the movie posters.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: One of them was obviously Tony Stark. What if that whole thing with that the people running from something that was flipping cars? What if that was the ship crash landing because somehow Stark messed up the the engine or the the ship in some way, and like. They crash land. Navigated
1: it back to Earth. Yeah, he
0: got it back to Earth, and, <laughs> and he like he walks out and sees the um, the the movie poster, and is just like, uh, "I guess I can see it." Mm. <laughs> That's exactly what he would do.
1: Yeah, it just comes comes back from ten years in space, and still just it's just snarky as ever. <laughs>
0: oh man too much speculation that's never gonna happen
1: no none of that's gonna happen none but I, like, that. I like that speculation a lot <laughs> did you see the uh video that zed zell posted on our facebook of tom holland doing all kinds of uh spidey fancy tricks? spidey tricks was it in his backyard uh so one of them some of them was it was like him it was something him in his backyard doing backflips Some oh, of yeah i like um snowboarding and all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Tom
0: fun. Tom Holland posted those when he was um trying to kind of I know, he was he had just gotten the role, I think, and he was training for it and he was like, "Look what I can do." And just posting videos of himself doing that. That's fun. That was
1: Yeah, there's a few cool. there's a few shots of him jumping over this big red thing that is taller than him and he leaps over it and jumps uh does a s does a full you know, flip in the air, goes over it head over uh you know, feet overhead and lands on the other side of it. It's this like thing as tall as
0: him. It was it's just an insane leap. That's crazy. It's awesome. I'm real down for that. Yeah. I, like I love
1: it. I love the fact that he's actually good at that stuff and can do it.
0: Yeah, not just an actor. Not and not just in the suit.
1: Like it's not just gonna be CGI Spidey. He can actually like as Tom Holland do all kinds of like parkour shit. That's yeah. Just, that just sounds fun.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. So, uh, quick rundown. Thor Ragnarok started filming uh, July fourth, twenty sixteen. I've seen photos.
1: Somebody's been posting photos and things of uh, uh, Hella like facing off with the armies. Oh yeah. That's Asgard. the concept
0: art. That concept art looks real good. Yeah. It looks real cool. Real good. Uh, the Dr. Strange prequel comic released on the, the 6th of July and kind of tells, it tells the story of, um, somebody who had the eye of Agamotto before Dr. Strange and was huh. misusing its power. So people like a group of, uh, masters of mysticism had to go and track this person down and get it back. Um, Wong was one of the people in that group. Cool. As was, um, the person that Mads Mickelson is playing. I cannot remember the character name at this point. That's real bad of me. I don't know, man. I guess I can use the internet. It's right here. Casilius is that character name. Casilius is a follower of, um,. Baron Mordo. Cool. That's the that's the 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 character that looks kind of exactly like Mads Mikkelsen and is dressed exactly like him from the movie and <laughs> you know very clearly is that character in All the right. comic. So yeah, that's who he's gonna play. <clears throat> so yeah. Go and get that comic. There Apparently, there's going to be a, a series of prequel comics, so it'd be a good idea to get those. I think the ancient one is going to be detailed in the next issue. I haven't gotten this one yet. Sorry. Uh, moving on, though, the Civil War Blu-ray release date is set for September 13th of this year. Uh, a Doctor Strange sneak peek will be in the extras on that, so that's something that we need to get and talk about yeah. when it comes out. Uh, the... Um, Season 1 of Daredevil is getting released on Blu-ray in a like a Steelbook and oh, neat. whatnot format. Um, that's <laughs> going to release on the 3rd of October. That's interesting that they would even release that, Yeah. given that it's Netflix. I know
1: there's people that don't have Netflix, but I can't imagine. Well, it's also, it's not going to stay on Netflix forever. I, I think it will. It's a Netflix original. Maybe. I think it will. Maybe. So far, they've never taken any Netflix original down. If it's made by Netflix, it's just been on Netflix forever,
0: huh? So uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. I, I I I bet it will be.
0: Yeah. Well, some people want uh, physical yeah. discs. Yeah,
1: it's it's kind of a money grab on their part, but some people want it, so why not? We're okay <laughs> with that. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I would
0: want a steel book like display version
1: of it. I used to feel that way. I still do. I still feel like I want those physical things, but I finally decided like I never watch my DVDs. Like I have DVDs, and I finally just hid them away because they were like cluttering up my space that's fair
0: it's uh, yeah i never watched them either but
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something something said about a pretty a pretty dvd case
0: that's true and whenever i first get something like that i'll watch the sneak or the the bonus features and whatnot just to have that extra <laughs> that's true stuff and there's going to be bonus features. So Yeah, that's true. There's both. also going to be commentary. There has to be commentary.
1: Yeah. I wonder if there's commentary <clears throat> on Netflix. Sometimes they do that. I don't know. I don't know on streaming services.
0: But Anyway, uh last uh immediately looking forward kind of thing, uh Agents of Shield season 4 uh premiere is going to be on September 20th, just uh, 10 days before oh, Luke Cage comes out. That's uh, that's going to be interesting.
1: Uh we we are we're on this leisurely every other week pace right now and come September we're gonna get back our weekly show and we're immediately a brand new property. We're gonna get a brand new property. That's gonna be
0: right after getting the D V D or Blu ray of uh, Captain America Civil yeah. War. Awesome. Ugh. Cool. And then I mean, I'm scandi- excited
1: about it all, but we're it, it's funny that we're going to go from like every other week casting to every day casting for about three weeks. Yep.
0: <laughs> and then less than two months later, we're going to get Dr. Strange. Woo. It's going to be real busy for us.
1: I really hope Dr. Strange is awesome.
0: It's going to be. I hope It's so. going to be. It's a psychedelic movie about a psychedelic character with a horror film director directing it. So like, it's got to be real trippy. I mean, they've said before that it's a psychedelic acid trip kind of movie, and just the, all of the things that Doctor Strange can do, and all the ways that they're gonna they're gonna portray that is I'm just oh, I'm I'm way on board. I'm so much on board for this. Nobody else knows about it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Or, well, none of the uh, filthy casuals like Charles McFall know about it and understand Dr. Strange. I'm just calling him out. Yeah, no, it's going Don't good. look at me like that. I'm just calling him it's out. It's fine. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know much about uh, Dr. Strange at all, but I'm just on board. I'm
0: on board with Marvel until they, until they <laughs> mess, a Marvel up, mess up. It's Marvel property. It's a Marvel um, property. I'm down.
1: You know, the, the like, worst thing they've done lately to me is Ant-Man, and I love Ant-Man.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, one of the things that, they, that keeps getting talked about that they keep doing wrong, quote-unquote, is the one-dimensional villains. Yeah. The villains that just aren't very good. Because sure, we've it's hard. talked about it many times. Yeah, well, it's hard to do a villain with good growth in a story that also tells good growth of a hero. Mhm. So that leads right into my first bit of Infinity War talk.
1: Yeah, we've been holding off on some Infinity War news, but let's uh
0: let's dig in on what we're looking at as we approach Infinity War. So, the writers, uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, had an interview uh, where they mentioned that they will tackle Marvel's one-dimensional villain's problem with the Thanos arc of uh, Avengers Infinity War.
2: <clears throat> uh,
0: they were saying, quote, if you think about it, I get the criticism, but the early phases were all origin stories. This is McFeely. said it uh, it tends to create a similar villain. When it is no longer an origin story, I think you might have a little bit more freedom to create different villains. I'm sensitive to the problem. I get it. But it wasn't the Robert Redford story. It was Captain America Civil War. I'm sorry. It wasn't the Robert Redford story. It was Captain, Captain America, America Winter, the Winter Soldier. Soldier. It wasn't the Red Skulls journey. It was the journey of one guy going from 90-pound weakling to American hero and then going into the ice. So in a 120-minute movie, it's difficult. And Thanos will possibly change that, but you want time spent. He says, excuse me for going on a tangent, but I love the Marvel Netflix shows because you have so much more time to spend with your villains. It's literally minutes and hours spent, or like minutes versus hours spent. Uh, We have 120 minutes, and Jessica Jones had however many it had. And uh, he added, as you said, we tend to take the ingredients on their approach to Thanos. Uh, as you said, we take the ingredients, or we tend to take the ingredients and make a different meal out of it. Winter Soldier owes a great deal to the brewbaker run, uh, but it's not the brewbaker run. Civil War owes a great deal to Miller, but it's not close to the Civil War run. So we'll do the same thing with Thanos and his gauntlet.
1: Mm. I like it.
0: So, Especially with two movies worth of worth of growth that's all focused on him with a whole bunch of heroes that we already know everything about... Mm-hmm. They don't have to grow our heroes as much. They can make this yeah. villain villainous.
1: As much as we've talked about Avengers Age Voltron and Civil War not catering to the new viewer. Yeah. This is going to be far above that, I think. They, oh yeah. They're not going to cater to a new viewer with this. <laughs> <laughs> they are not going to know what's going on. It's going to be
0: understood that it kind of has to be everybody in the pot and you got to already know about everybody. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, we're gonna we're gonna lead off with two teams that are split because we've got Iron Man and his like government-approved Avengers, yeah, and then Cap with his secret Avengers, basically. Mm-hmm. So we've I mean they're they're still like that. The movie didn't end with everybody being happy and back together. Like, oh yeah, the Civil War kind of hasn't ended. Um, the the writers Marcus and McFeely talked specifically about that as well, like uh, kind of how Civil War will lead into uh, Infinity War, Uh, saying that they're going to juggle the characters much the same way as they did with Civil War. Um, They said when outlining Infinity War, we certainly had those conversations, you know, in the same way that Civil War, not everybody has the same amount of scenes or lines. I think that you can assume that with so many characters, we'll have to be as rigorous. Uh, We'll say, well, these people have larger stories, and these people have smaller stories, and hopefully they can flip in some cases. I know of a few right off the top of my head that have a small part here and a bigger part there. Uh, The people in the background in one might come to the foreground in the second one. There will be moments where every last damn person who's still alive will be in the same room, and they're just a nightmare to write because Marvel is very good about hiring good actors. Huh. That sounds awesome.
1: Every (laughs) last... Person is in the room (laughs) every
0: last damn person who's still alive is in the same room that sounds amazing that does it also sounds like some people are gonna die that kind of says to me that some people might die but i mean they've got that many heroes and it's like they just they understand they're not going to be able to to address an individual arc that is the same size for everybody
1: oh yeah they can't they've got to make those decisions yeah. And it's good that they know that. <laughs> Cuz you go into a movie like this and try to give everybody uh, a part and make it super even for all characters involved, it's not going to work. You have to you have to write the best story. And that's one thing Marvel has done amazingly well at. Um Captain America was not the most well-loved Movie in when, when, you know in the first in phase one in phase one yeah, um, and Robert Downey Jr. was by far of the four heroes he was he was the one that everyone cared about most yeah and it's interesting that they went on to make Captain America Civil War and Captain America the Winter Soldier such keystones to their property and it, it was because that was the best story to tell. They didn't go with the most popular character. Let's push more and more Iron Man movies out there. Yeah. They, they made really good Captain America movies. and I, I So I hope they make good decisions, put the right amount of each character in. Yeah. Like, you think about Ant-Man and Spider-Man in Civil War. They both probably had, like, no more than ten lines each.
0: Yeah, they they had about 15 to 20 minutes of screen time total.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that is them just fighting or other people talking and they're just standing there like yeah they did not have that many lines they didn't have that much to do but that they were in it the perfect amount <laughs> yeah you didn't <clears throat> they didn't get shorted they just that's how much they should have been in this movie you know
0: yeah yeah it wasn't like oh man i wish I'm, well obviously it is i wish they could be in there more but it wasn't right. like uh oh, they should have had so much more time because it would have told the story. no they served their part of the story that's right and then they moved on and then they <laughs> they moved on. You know who's part of the story coming up I'm really excited about? I'm Who excited about it? the Guardians coming into play. Me too. Because they could, like...
1: <sighs> oh,
0: that's so exciting. Uh, given that last statement,
1: everyone everyone who's still alive in the same room. Yep. And then this next statement, which we have, you know, you said the next point you are going to make is that the writers have confirmed that the Guardians of the Galaxy will be in Avengers Infinity War.
0: Yeah. They, well, the exact quote is, you know, they're, they're asking, would you be interested in including them in Infinity War? And Christopher Marcus said, let me put it this way. You know who owns that gauntlet, right? You know who's in another movie, and his kids are in that movie. You know, it's a big universe. You do the math. Mm. I mean, they can't, you know, talk about what they're doing with it, but the Guardians are coming into play. Yeah. The Guardians are coming in.
1: I, I love the idea of them being in the same room. As 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 all of the other Earth based heroes. It's just gonna be awesome. Just so excited. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, they, uh, and then you've got you've got the possibility of there being alien technology for Tony to play with and research and, and base his you know, some of his stuff off of Yeah. Like, uh the possibilities. mm mm-hmm. A talking raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> It's real funny. A talking raccoon and a talking tree. Um,
1: Getting to interact with the Earth-based heroes sounds incredible. (laughs) Doesn't it?
0: Like, do you know how interested in all of that Bruce Banner would be? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. He would go nuts over Groot
1: and Rocket. I'm so excited about Thor Ragnarok for the same reason. Um
0: Actually Hulk gets see, to be in space.
1: Seeing Banner in space and dealing with all the technology and all the spaceships or whatever he has to deal with, it's just gonna be exciting. <laughs> it's gonna be real yeah. cool.
0: I'm excited to see uh, Hulk in battle garb the way he was in Planet Hulk. Yeah. It's gonna be neat. Yes it is. And then Jeff Goldblum is gonna be the Grandmaster. Like There's just so much good stuff coming. <laughs> it's just too much. I can't handle it all. Like and Josh Brolin, uh, who, you know, is gonna be Thanos and was barely thanos at all uh he's gonna be or he's he's gushing rather he's gushing already about how amazing everything is already um i'm gonna quote him here because he uh he discussed it with movie phone he said yeah i sat at a table and i listened to the story from beginning to end which was you know sometimes you go around and you go oh it's a great movie or this is a great experience and you you kind of know that it's not this is the opposite First of all, from a publicity point of view or, in, or an interest, I've gotten more publicity playing Thanos, even though I haven't done it yet, than all other movies combined. If there's any blurb of publicity at all for me, it includes Thanos in some way or another. Like, quote, By the way, he's got Hail Caesar coming out, but don't forget about Thanos, that's coming out, which is amazing, which is really cool. Then the other side of it is really how much it means to people. It all comes down, these stories, these Avengers stories, all come down to this conclusion, and that's our involvement. Basically, my character against everybody. And it's really fun what they've chosen to do with the story. I think it's brilliant, personally. I was blown away and had goose pimples pretty much 50% of the time that I was listening to what was going on, and pretty amazed that I'm going to be involved in it. So it's a big thing that's coming up. That's exciting. (laughs) Like To hear such a, a great actor like him being... That excited about it is just. Yeah, and he says, he <sighs>
1: says it's him versus everyone." I wonder if that means, even including his uh, his daughter,
0: his daughter Nebula, yeah. which kind of does happen in the comic. Goes against him, yeah. In comics, yeah. She takes I the mean, she, from him, or takes the gauntlet
1: from him. Kind of went against him in the movie, sort of. Right in Guardians already, right? I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, kind of fuzzy on the details of what happened toward the end of that movie. She she left, sort of. Yeah, she's real pissed at him. I, I people talk about these villains as if they're paper thin, and I loved the interactions between uh, Ronan, Nebula, uh, and and Thanos. Like I thought they had made a really rich sort of like hierarchy and interesting sort of uh, well, the issue, made, made made an interesting interpersonal connections there. The
0: issue with Thanos and and um, Ronan and that is that. Ronan was the big bad of the movie. Sure, but when he gets put up against somebody who's just like, "If you talk to me like that again, I will bathe the starways in your blood." Like, uh, Ronan's not that big then. (laughs) Like he's, uh, we don't really, he's, don't really care about him that much. Yeah, he's just the scale is not there the way it needs to be. Mm.
1: I just, I, I just, I just thought it was very interesting because I, yes. Thanos seems like he's more powerful than Ronan, uh, but, but we're not, not sure of that. Chair. We haven't seen that. And then when once Ronan gets a hold of that gem, he's like, "I don't need you," and he double crossed him. I loved that. I thought it was really, really clever.
0: Yeah, and well, the the thing that really kind of solidified that that could be a, a thing is that uh, when Nebula and he were first at um, were first at the sanctuary where. Where Thanos is, Nebula walked him out, like, come on, we gotta go. This is a fight that you're not gonna win. Yeah. But then later, she's like, you're planning to kill Thanos? And like, she believes that he can do that. Yeah. So she's like, if you're gonna kill my father, then I will, you know, I'll destroy a hundred planets for you. Yeah. There's definitely some
1: complex stuff going on, and I feel like a lot of it, at least in the movie, seemed to be that uh, Gamora was the favorite daughter.
0: Yeah. And well, he said you you've turned my favorite daughter against me, and she's like, twitch, twitch. Yeah.
1: The, the, it's so subtle too. The, the twitch of Nebula there is so yeah. subtle and fun. Um, I just, it's great. <laughs>
2: So
0: that's really all I've got as far as like news and, and future talk for right now. Um, do we want to make our half-episode marker? Sure, sure.
1: Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. If you want to reach out to us, uh, grab us on mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com or give us a call at 573 cast mcu
0: you're so peppy i'm very peppy i like it thanks man that's good thank you i appreciate it it's all the beer can we go back to being really chill
1: (laughs) oh sorry
0: (laughs) i'll be chiller
1: now (laughs) um so reach out to us online everybody it would be a huge help if you want to give us a review on iTunes or on uh, whatever your podcast service is. Hit the little thumbs up button or the star or the like, or you know, you know how the internet works. Uh, give us tokens of appreciation; we thrive and live on it. Um, so <laughs> it sustains awesome. me. It sustains us. It does, and uh, and more importantly, more people get to listen. More people participate in the conversation. Makes it all. Uh, more fun and richer for everyone so yeah check us out on all those website things or call us at 573 uh, cast mcu and leave a voicemail um but i think we're going to talk about some feedback now right let's
0: do that feedback thing all right so scott commented on our uh on our website said hey guys been listening for a while now, but this is my first time leaving a comment. Missed the cast during the hiatus. I'm sure it was a much-needed break, but I'm glad to see you're back. You know what? It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Did you hear the news about possible casting calls for Magus in Infinity War Part 1? If it's true, I definitely think we'll see Adam Warlock in Guardians Volume 2. I'm predicting that's who Kurt Russell is playing, and will turn out to be Peter Quill's father, too. Thoughts? Well, I have have not heard that. I have not heard that either, and I have... I don't know who the, his father
1: is going to be. I've tried to avoid it because there have been, been a lot of internet theories going around. So uh, I don't know if that's the one that everyone thinks it is, but it uh, could be
0: Well, they've said it's not going to be what it is in comics, which is just... I don't want to know. Jason of Spartax, who's like a king of a planet or whatever. It's not going to be that.
1: Okay. Well, now you've narrowed it down for me. I just said I don't want to know, and you said it anyway.
0: Sir, we do news every week here.
1: Yeah. But there's very specific news I avoid. <laughs> And Star-Lord's father, because I really like Guardians of the Galaxy, is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm trying not to be spoiled on that.
0: Yeah, well, that's going to happen. Our, um, when it gets closer to time, am I going to have to ask you to leave the room so that I can talk about it?
1: Yeah, if you're going to talk about who Star-Lord's dad is, if they've revealed it, <laughs> I'm hoping they keep it under wraps. <laughs> but it's probably Kurt Russell because he's in the movie, and you know, yeah, yeah, he's very likely. Like a fatherly figure. I get that. he's the right age and everything by the way I watched almost I watched the last few seasons of Parks and Recreation for the first time the last couple weeks it was super great and Chris Pratt is awesome (laughs) and I guess um, I guess during season six is when they filmed Guardians because he is like weirdly goes to London, which is where they were filming Guardians, and the whole crew goes to London and they have like a few episodes in London and they decide to leave him there and uh for to, to work. And so like it just was very real funny because I, I know he was there to watch he was there to do Guardians and they also just randomly like, You lost a lot of weight. You, <laughs> lost, you lost fifty pounds. He they say like you lost fifty pounds in four months or something like that. He's like, Yep, just stop drinking beer they were like, "How much beer were you drinking?" <laughs> um, yeah, good. That shows all of it. So good. Everyone on it, amazing. But Chris Pratt was really great, and I love that he stayed on and finished this show. Like he he did season seven and was in a lot of it. Um, yeah, he, he isn't in every episode. He's kind of like in and out because he's a big movie star and filming Jurassic World and stuff, uh, and the Lego movie and all these huge movies but he still stayed in for probably like 70% of the episodes he was in that's crazy Um, it was great just amazing that a huge star like that was still you know
0: grinding it out movie star now what are you doing on TV
1: yeah I loved it especially like (laughs) on a kind of fluffy 20 minute comedy show it's not like he was on some prestige uh, television show it's not like he was on True Detective or something yeah (laughs) fair it was great fair really really fun
0: anyway so you're avoiding that news, okay? That's our that's our finish on that. Statement. But yeah, I
1: don't. I haven't heard about Magus. I don't know much about Magus. Do you know much about Magus? In the uh, comics?
0: Magus is Adam Warlock's evil alter ego, basically. Oh, okay,
1: cool. Or his I know crazy alter a ego. A lot has been speculated about Adam Warlock being in these movies. Yeah. So
0: that's especially be with uh, with the um, Paragon being cast. I Which is, She was the, the second creation of the people that made Adam Warlock. Okay. And she was like, we're going to remake the world and breed this super race of people. Or this race of super people, rather.
1: As much as there are fans of this, I'm not saying there are not. Yeah. There are not so many fans of this, though, that James Gunn... Can take his creative liberties as he did with the first movie. Drax, Drax's backstory is completely different in in this as it is opposed to comics. I mean, it has some similar elements, of course, but uh, Drax is not the Drax from comics. Yeah, uh, he certainly doesn't look the same. <laughs> Peter Quill isn't the same. I don't know much about Gamora's uh, comic origins or or Rocket's or Groot's, but um, you know they 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 messed around with the and it, well, that's one of the fun things about these. Sm lesser known properties there's not as many um fevery nerds yelling at them to uh,
0: <laughs> there 's nobody frothing at the mouth like you yeah. have to maintain this story
1: I mean like it's not like the whole you can 't have ghostbusters be girls thing, you know like, <laughs> God. which is fine it is i
0: don't know if the movie's going to be good, but i don't care that they're girls. <laughs> From what I've read on uh, initial reviews, that the movie is actually fun. The that's, movie that's is really people, fun. That's
1: what people are saying. I'm still pissed that it's not in the same canon, though. And that just goes back
0: to my own sick perversions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you don't want to talk about deep hot continuity with a female led movie? What you don't want to you don't want to mention it? Like, but yeah, if it was in deep,
1: the deep, if it was in the deep hot, hot wet <laughs> continuity. <laughs> That I that I know from uh, from my uh, from from you know
0: your childhood. Harold
1: Ramis and uh, Bill Murray like if if the if, if if it was the same deep hot wet continuity I'd be fine with it but I love it's not those words together it's new it's brand new shiny shallow continuity <laughs> that works far, far too shiny. It's it's it, it, shiny and shallow. That's what it feels. Shiny is not a bad term, sir. In the terms of Firefly, it's not. Uh, but... The way that you said it sounded a lot like Kaylee. Shiny kind of is negative. CW is shiny. Okay. CW television shows are shiny. ABC shows are shiny. It's the one problem I have with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a little too polished. Everyone's a little too pretty. You know? that's what I kind of mean when I mean sh- when I say shiny okay a lot of, a lot of things like they they insist on having every character look super attractive they insist on uh, I don't know just the lens they use on network television <laughs> it's just everything looks kind of soft and shiny and flat and not
0: textured or organic at all I mean at least they don't put a sepia filter over everything that's true like it's true Zack Snyder when I was going through the news stuff to to kind of congregate the news today, um right. I was going back on a lot of old stories like from May, and there was stuff that was like set photos from Batman versus Superman was were in there. And like the set photos that showed Wonder Woman in her armor, I was just like, oh that had so much color to it. Why didn't they just use that? <laughs> It just it I don't have a big problem with her armor in the brought movie. Brought me back to being irritated at his sepia tone.
1: Yeah, that's a huge problem with the the DC on screen guys talk about that in Man of Steel, how yep. they just like refuse to have color in any of that
0: movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but
0: And like Superman's outfit had so much color to it. I was just like, What is going on? Yeah. <sighs> anyway.
1: Desaturate it. Desaturate it. Just let
0: it go. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next one. Noelle said to us on Twitter, at MCUcast, still in the middle of listening, what? I loved hashtag Namor. An Invaders movie at some point would be amazing. I think she's referring to when I said nobody cares about Namor. Right. Because Marvel has the... Noelle cares about Namor. I mean, people care about Namor, just not as many as care about Iron Man at this point. Sure.
1: That's fair to say. But
0: people care, Jeff. People. Care. Noel cares. Noel. I'm sorry. You better. I did apologize. not mean to offend you with slamming Namor a little bit. I just—he's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> You're not making it better. I well, she'll, she she understands if she if she's read Namor at all. He's kind of a dick.
1: Okay. Mean, so he was,
0: so is Tony. Well, yeah, so is Tony, but he's kind of a dick. He was reason. on Doctor Doom's Illuminati council. That's not Illuminati. Not a to That's the wrong word. Uh, think not care about him, shit. Though. What was it? I don't know, man. Shadow Council. The was Shadow it? Council. Was it the Shadow Council? God, I'm getting my my dark terms mixed up now. Yeah. Anyway, but he left. You know, he saw the light. He left mm. with Emma Frost. They both left. So, I mean, he has his good points, but he's kind of a dick. Okay. But Noel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Noelle cares I love you You, you basically called her a Nobody No I did not You did you said, She is very much Somebody You said
1: nobody cares Noelle's
0: in my heart Noelle cares no- She better Stop be. putting words In my mouth She better be She's in my heart Joe Bruno said to us On Twitter Adam's you cast What up guys Not much bro What it do uh, love the show and glad that you're back. I also want at Vincent D'Onofrio in hashtag Spider-Man Homecoming. Would sh- that not be awesome?
1: We should start a hashtag for that. Yeah. Uh, everybody tweet at uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or Marvel or whoever. Hashtag Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. Kingpin in Spider-Man Homecoming. Hashtag. Maybe not yet. What do you mean not yet? I don't
0: know. Maybe like they're in the filmed, background. They're like about to film. Well, no, like not in the Spider-Man World, just yeah. Maybe oh, like I talk totally about disagree. it. I
1: totally disagree. I totally disagree. I think he should like
0: be someone that he has to contend with at some point in the movie. It'd be well, amazing. I I would like him to be more background machinations because yeah, that'd be fun. Too big for like him going to fight him right now. I don't know. He just fought in Civil War. It's just it's a real big villain in his in his canon. I agree,
1: but also. He's a, he's a real big villain, but also we're gonna have these big tentpole Spider-Man movies, yeah. and Kingpin is well known at this point as a street level villain in this universe yeah. that that our street level heroes are having to face. Yeah. So I think
0: it would be perfect to have Kingpin show up. Okay, at this point, I just I'm I would I'm worried because they already got Michael Keaton, and they're they're saying that he's gonna be the Vulture. Like it's just I don't want him to do too much. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. If if he was in the background, that'd be okay.
1: The good thing is, even if they did like a little bit of of like maybe 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 Kingpin is like a Thanos type figure that's like just in the background. Yeah, that's what I mean. Machinations, blah blah blah. Sending in uh, the Vulture to do his bidding or whatever. Yeah, like that would be fine with me. Um, but the thing is, even if we have two villains to explore in this movie, they're not going to have to explore Spider man nearly as much because it's not an origin story, and it's not um it's not an origin story and it's not the first time we've met this spider man so they're going to be able to go in with a lot already assumed yeah, and while i obviously we want our hero to grow and change in this movie, they could spend a little more time on the villains and it not feel too stuffed
0: that's fair. That's fair, because most of the time, I don't know. I just they they put like fifteen villains in there, and yeah. Spider-Man still has to grow and figure out parts of his past that make no sense. And yeah, just, mm. but Marvel's in control. I, I trust Marvel. I trust my Marvel. Take your uh, <laughs> mantra over there. I trust my Marvel. Joey Kazina said to us on Twitter, At MCU cast, OMG, hearing your voices again was like sweet Christmas to my ears. Please don't leave me that alone again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so that,
2: sad.
1: We
0: had a lot of these this
1: week. We appreciate you know, all you guys that missed us. But I feel really bad when you say don't leave me alone." that alone again. <laughs> it puts a lot of pressure on me, man. <laughs> I love you and I'm here for you, but...
0: Damn. (laughs) It hurts. It hurts to know that I have that weight on my shoulders. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Jay Greenwald said to us, at MCU cast, if already Jay negotiations fail, maybe they'll cast a small black girl to replace him. Keep in line with the comics. Hashtag WTF. Hashtag it's Iron Man. At Marvel.
1: (laughs) It's it's a recent (laughs) comics thing. Yeah, Um, no, I know.
0: Marvel now 2.0 is getting... A change up in who iron person is
1: that is interesting that they're it is iron man i mean it has has been anyway yeah um like i mean i'm not i don't mind if a female takes on the suit but are they i guess they're still gonna call it iron man i guess i don't know <laughs> that's an interesting question
0: i haven't really kept up with marvel now i
1: don't know anything about it but uh i've, I've seen the pictures or whatever that it's uh that it's young black lady taking over the suit. That's fine. I, I have no problems with that. If it's going to be anyone. I do think it's weird that they're doing a lot of it all at once.
0: Yeah, it does feel like a lot's going on. Like a bunch of big changes are being made. I mean, it was just last year that um, all new, Thor. all different Avengers came up. And, and like female Thor was part of it. Yeah. And like Captain Falcon was right about the same time. Cap- that's what I call him. Oh right, right, right. Because <laughs> Falcon took over Which, Captain America.
1: None of these problem. None of these changes are a problem for me. Like I have no problem with, like, putting more people of color and more females in roles in comics. That's great. No problems <clears throat> at all. But if you're doing it constantly, if you're taking away every, <laughs> every, every character that's been there a while and replacing them with uh, someone, uh, I guess to like
0: to mix it up or whatever is it change for the sake of change is not good, but change for the sake of story makes sense. Sure. And I'm okay with that. I'm even okay with change for the
1: sake of social justice and for the sake of, um, equalization of, of like bringing some here, some, some people of color and some females into comics. But I kind of feel like just make a new character. You don't well, see, have to constantly change the old characters. Because to me, Iron Man
0: is Tony Stark. Well, there's the there's the, the back and forth on that. Because, like, yeah, they can make a new character and make somebody up that's awesome and, and modern and and hip. And everybody could love him. But that's a new character and not everybody might like that character. True. But if they change a character that's established, or if they change a hero that's established to be, like, the mantle on a different person's shoulders, and it may cause a bunch of controversy but that's a character that everybody knows it's a hero that everybody knows and they've already got that following and that'll get more people on that property and into the marvel comics and,
1: i i get that like, i
0: see both sides of it and I, I just i can't argue one way or the other
1: i get that and i agree with you <clears throat> that that is a possibility and and that is more helpful uh for the like whatever the social justice reasons of changing these characters around it's a good thing and if you'd want to do it it's fine but you are changing the character and you're kind of abandoning a character that's been there for 40 years or well, whatever. see,
0: that's the thing. They're not technically abandoning like they're not abandoning Thor. Uh, the Odin son is what they call him now. Odin son is getting his own comic called unworthy thor because he's not worthy of the hammer right now and the hammer has chosen Jane Foster. Okay. So he's getting his own comic called Unworthy Thor, and the Mighty Thor is still being led by female Thor Jane Foster. Okay. So th- it's not like the character is gone. And like Captain America, sure. Steve Rogers is I mean, he's he is Captain America, but he's not Captain America. Right. <laughs> like Sam Wilson is Captain America, and then they just had a big change where like he said Hail Hydra and apparently he's been a secret Hydra agent for yeah, that's all crazy. of his life or something. But, like... That's
1: crazy, Tom. You know,
0: that character's still around. And sure. And Unworthy Thor is still around. And, like, they're still doing their own comic series, but they're, they're yep. not the main mantle that they once had. I just think... It's like they patched the torch.
1: I just think passing the torch is all good, and I have no problem with any one of these changes, or even a few of these changes. But doing them all, at, like, within a year or two seems a little, like, forced, and not store- it seems a little rushed, yeah. maybe.
0: Well, it's like they, they aren't giving their their post-Secret Wars comics line time to really breathe before they change it up again. Yeah. Like, everybody loves Miles Morales. Miles Morales is really cool, but he's in the Ultimates universe. But he's not in the Ultimates universe anymore because everything got smashed up, and now he's part of all new, all different Avengers. Huh. Mm-hmm. But the, like the Spider-Verse and like that and just all of, all of these things are kind of smashed together. And it's, it's a little bit off putting how fast they're moving with it. I'm just like, give him time to be Spider-Man on an Avengers team. So like now they're quitting the Avengers. Like all these young Avengers are quitting and we don't know why, but civil war two is happening and just, there's a lot going on and it feels like a lot is going on and it's, it's a bit of a hurricane.
1: I kind of feel like ever since super, ever since the death of Superman, the only time comics really do well is if they cause a big uproar. Yeah. And so, some of this just feels like uh, they're doing it for ratings. It's rating stunts, basically. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's sales stunts. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. So, so like, hey, Thor's a girl now. It's like, what? And they do it, and it causes controversy because some people are sexist, and some people are just uh, nerds that you know, like myself that are more like, Hey, you can't change the cannon like that. Like, uh, <laughs> or whatever. Um, but
0: they're not changing the cannon. They're just no, telling I a know. new part of it. I
1: know. I get and, it.
0: And there's, there's been like future storytellings where like way in the future, Thor is, um, and, like he's got the hammer and he's King and he's like, his arm is missing. Cause he got it replaced with something like oh, wow. a different arm, which I mean, That happened recently with the arm bit. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. He lost his arm? Yeah, he lost his arm because he didn't have the hammer anymore, so he couldn't really fight as hard. Um, He didn't have the the full power of Thor. Um, Anyway, so Thor will come back. Or the unworthy Thor will come back to being worthy at some point. We're just not sure when. Sure, sure. So, like, he'll come back. They're just telling a new part of it.
1: Yeah, I get it. It just seems like they're doing one sort of like stunt casting after another yeah where it's like how can we how can we make a right. bunch of articles on buzzfeed the uproar has died
0: us? down on this one let's do another one
1: yeah instead of like what's the best story to do with these characters and you know they should include characters of uh, of color and of uh varied sexes it's just yeah um you know
0: we don't have enough asian superheroes yeah truth well amadeus cho is now totally awesome hulk but i mean one one doesn't count one's not enough no anyway
1: glenn from the walking dead that's 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 (laughs) like the best uh (laughs) like on tv the best action star
0: so zed zell said to us on facebook what's up my geek bros i know how you like the opening statements i do you're right you're so right. Uh, just saw this new image on IMDb for Thor Ragnarok. This looks like new concept art with Hela in Asgard. I never really read Thor comics, but I did love the Hulk versus Thor animated film, which uh, in which Hela divorced Banner and the Hulk. That'd be freaking awesome to see her do a live action film or do in a live action film. You yeah, know what? That that photo looks amazing. That is great, great concept art.
1: Yeah. It's really, really pretty.
0: I thought I posted that in one of our recent episode um, slideshows. I'll do it again on this one since we're talking about it. Really, really cool, cool, cool concept art.
1: And it just looks like the armies of Asgard versus this one being. And I don't know anything about her, so I'm excited.
0: She's the ruler of hell. Yeah. And in Norse mythology, hell is where warriors who die in not battle (laughs) scenarios go. Like, those who don't die glorious deaths in battle go to hell. Yeah. They're not taken by the Valkyries. Which is a great reason to include the hero Valkyrie now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, what's the alternate? Get taken away by the Valkyries. Well, what's a Valkyrie? Well, that's a Valkyrie. That is the Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen some Valkyries on my magic cards. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably seen some angels.
1: Yeah. Been playing a lot of magic lately.
0: Yeah. I'm it's Sorry. It's pretty great. I didn't mean to bring you into this. You didn't. Oh. But you should get back into it and play with me. I'm sorry. Come on, man. I'm not going to tell you that I brought two decks with me today. Oh, yeah? I'm, I, I'm not telling you that.
1: You did tell me, and I've got some decks built we should try. All right, let's get through this podcast and play some magic. <laughs> let's crank this out so let's we can cr- play some magic. Let's crank some podcast shit out so we can uh, <laughs> so we can really focus on what matters. <laughs> my my new decks of magic that I'm
0: building. No, no, Noel matters. That's right. Noel and Joey. Yeah. Casino. All, all, all of you guys, matter. Everybody matters. It Zed matters. Chris, wisdom—it doesn't. Sometimes uh, matters much more
1: than Magic the Gathering. So, oh, God, that was a good one. It was just a joke. I just cracked at him a little bit.
0: I just cracked at Chris Wisdom a little bit. You didn't hear it? No, I didn't hear you. I was just like, Chris, wisdom matters sometimes. <laughs>
1: <sighs> All right, we got a couple of voicemails.
0: <gasps> we do. Uh, we actually have
1: a number of voicemails, but uh, here I think this is Mike at Grand Junction. Let's listen.
3: Hey, it's your favorite caller from Grand Junction. So you said that leader was teased in the Hulk movie. I didn't catch that. Which Hulk movie and how was that teased?
0: You want to field this one there, Jeff? Oh, I'm all about it, sir. Samuel Stearns at uh, Columbia University, Mr. Blue, is uh, is the leader. He was teased when Abomination was created and broke out, and we see um, the blood from the Hulk... Uh, tube, whatever, that he put into Abomination dripping down onto his open wound on his head and it kind of bubbles up and then he smiles at the camera and it cuts away. Because the leader had an enlarged brain. Yeah. His head was going to be doing that, it looked like. So
1: in the movie that that is in is uh, The The Incredible Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yes, Incredible Hulk, he is Mr. Blue and they show him start to receive powers of some sort and then it cuts away. Some sort of Something you just
0: never see him again. I, have they mentioned him since? Uh, he was in Nick Fury's Prelude comic. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Prelude comic for uh, Avengers uh, Fury's Big Week. That's cool. Yeah, that's. I didn't cool. read it, but somebody said that to us last week. I think
1: it's very very cool. Uh, all right, we got uh, another another voicemail here.
3: Hey, the whole X Men Apocalypse billboard controversy is absolutely ridiculous. Because these are the same people that want to complain that we don't have female superhero movies. But then, if you got a female superhero that gets attacked, they complain about that. You're not allowed to attack female superheroes. It's it's absolutely absurd.
0: You know the controversy they're talking about? Yeah, with Mystique being choked by Apocalypse on the billboard. Yeah. God, it's brutality against women. No, it's a villain attacking a hero.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 with him on that. I don't think there's really anything. I mean, I get that it could be a trigger for some people. Oh yeah, uh, a man strangling a woman is is a brutal thing to see, and it, <laughs> I'm actually really surprised that it made such an uproar. Like, I feel like we see this in in, in movies and TV. I guess the fact that it's on a billboard, well, maybe you a, wouldn't show your kids that or something. It's
0: on a billboard where people who don't necessarily want to watch the movie are going to see it.
1: Yeah. So, Or who may avoid those types of imagery. Like I said, yeah. it could be a trigger for someone. Like
0: they could have chosen a better way to display his menace, but I don't know that it should have been as much of an uproar as it was.
1: Yeah. I think it was a little silly.
0: It was a little, I mean, it was, it was poorly chosen, but it wasn't like the worst thing that's ever happened as far as movies. Yeah. I don't
1: even think of this poorly chosen. I think it's kind of a badass picture. <laughs> uh, and like, for your target audience, it might be perfect. Oh but, yeah, um,
0: for your target audience.
1: I think they were just trying to put Apocalypse, the character that is, uh, the, the movie is about, and then they were trying to put the most famous person being choked like that's what it comes down to they were like jennifer lawrence she's real popular right now have
0: her be choked on the on the poster you know uh even though the way that you said that kind of makes me like not like it so much
1: yeah (laughs) but that's how marketing works you know you put your famous you put your famous people on a poster i'm just saying I, I don't like it for that reason, maybe. But yeah. I don't think it was necessarily a sexist or or misogynistic poster. Um, I suppose if someone is super misogynistic and sees it, they might go, right on. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> yeah, that's the right way on. I like it. Choker, yeah. Dig from um, dad, You're rooting for the wrong side there, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the way I tell my women. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Too much of that happened in my life for me to like that. Uh. Yeah.
1: We had another voicemail uh, from a fellow named Dougie uh, who asked a question that, uh, to be honest, I thought might uh, might offend a few folks. So I didn't bring bring the question. Oh, I didn't want to play the question. But uh, he was talking about civil war and whether it was a uh, some sort of connection to the American civil war. And I don't think that it is. It's, I think it's, it's the only connection is the fact that it's brother versus brother, and it's uh, you know the, the t- t- family families fighting one another. It's like they're they're not united. They're divided. It's that whole thing. It's not. It doesn't have anything else to do with the Civil War, uh, the American Civil War. That is. So yeah. But thanks for calling in, Dougie. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I think that's all. We have a few more voicemails, but they are. Uh, they're relevant to something else. They're relevant to things we need a spoiler warning for, so let's move along with okay. some more of this feedback.
0: Zedzel said to us on Facebook, Listen to your new cast this morning on the way into work, and the comment about a non-shared universe. I feel your pain. But even more troubling is the lack of continuity between films. In Civil War, Black Widow asked Tony if he brought any suits, to which he replies something about a fine business suit he was wearing. But wait, in Iron Man 3, he implanted microcomputers that would allow him to call a suit to him from anywhere in the world. Also in Avengers 2, they introduce Veronica, where he can call down a suit from subspace at whim. Why, then, wasn't he able to just call down a suit and nuke the Winter Soldier when Zemo broke him loose in Act 1? I have a
1: take on this. Okay. Uh, Veronica was the Hulkbuster. Yes. So it's not around because Hulk's not around. That's fair.
0: Well, it was set to follow Hulk.
1: So, so that's it. All, if anything, it's falling Hulk. Also, I think it's destroyed.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we kind of get
1: wrecked. I don't think we've seen Hulk. I think Hulk disappeared. So it's not like he's built a new one because he doesn't know where Hulk is. So maybe he built a new one, but he doesn't have it. He should. He probably doesn't have it on him. Uh, secondly, I think the main the 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 main thing here is um, he doesn't have suits because he's trying to win Pepper back, and he says that. He says he's been trying to give it up, but then Hydra came along, and he had to deal with Hydra, and then this happened, and then he had to deal with that. He keeps making suits, and ever since Iron Man 3, when he blew up all those suits, he's trying to be a different man, a man that Pepper could be in love with, but, and now that him and Pepper are apart, he is trying not to be Iron Man for her, but then, of course, the Civil War thing happens, and he has to go get his suit and go face off with Cap. But, that's my take on it. I think he's very deliberately doesn't have a suit because he doesn't want to be Iron Man right now.
0: He wants yeah. to be with Pepper. He's trying to be the non Iron Man. He's trying to just be Tony.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and I love that they explain that because it's been a huge point of contention uh, because we see him blow up the suits at Iron Man 3, and it's like this big moment for him and Pepper.
0: Yep. And, and then, then he the shows f- up. The first time you see him, he's in the suit. In <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron, he's in the suit and he says, Shit! yeah and then we language <laughs> so good
1: uh i need to watch i need to rewatch that uh see uh so so yeah that's 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 i think i love that they explained that and i think he does a pretty good job of it explaining why he had why he got rid of his suits for pepper uh why he got took his suit, put his suits back on to flush out hydra and then I think the fact that him and Pepper are apart, he's trying to be the man that that she can be with. So he's trying to resist his addiction to his suits. But he does a bad job of that in this movie
0: as well. (laughs) He kind of just does a bad job of avoiding addiction. Yeah, not
1: very good at that. (laughs) Not very good at that. Hmm.
0: Or maybe it's just the scrolling in. Uh, Chris Wisdom said to us on Facebook, for the record in terms of both geekdom and pop culture... Matt gets the points over Jeff for the Since You've Been Gone pull. Pro tip, never bring a Clarkson to a Weird Al fight. That's right. Hashtag that's, you got schooled, son.
1: That's right. Uh had to include that one in our feedback here. <laughs> since you've been gone. Uh, yeah.
0: Best since you've been gone, Weird Al. Just remember. Okay. It's I'll great, remember that. It's great I'm, stuff. You know, when we're going to have a Since You've Been Gone throwdown <laughs> next time. <laughs> since I've been gone. <laughs> Shane Blakely said to us on Facebook, I haven't finished the podcast yet, so I apologize if you already mentioned it later on. First off, I want to stop you there. It's been two weeks since you have started listening. You need to pick it up. Pick up the pace.
1: I think he has finished it now, probably. I think he just posted this comment.
0: Okay. While, while he was... No, I'm, I'm taking episode. it in real time. As okay. As now. He wrote this on July 2nd. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Uh, Let's see. So I apologize if you already mentioned it later on, but in regards to the discussion over the bare minimum that Civil War could have acknowledged Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Inhumans, all I was hoping for going in was that Talbot was in the room when Ross was explaining the Sokovia Accords. I mean, he wouldn't even need to speak fans of the show would be satisfied that the figurehead of the ATCU was present. You know, the government appointed team designed specifically to deal with the issue they're discussing and casual movie fans wouldn't even question why generic military guy is in the room. Also the follow-up episode of agents of shield would have been all the better for fans of the show and could double as a perfect starting point for movie fans to jump on board without watching the previous seasons. Mm. That would have been a good thing to do.
1: I, I see. I totally hear where he's coming from. But I don't think it's the right way to go for one reason because as much as I love Talbot in the context of Agents of Shield, I think <laughs> his acting as Talbot is a little over the top. And well, he I don't wouldn't know you have if, to act though, He's just going to stand there. Yeah, but it just that mustache. He just he just puts off this air of like I may I I d I c I couldn't have taken that scene seriously with Talbot in the room. Because they've made him such a joke on the show. You know,
0: yeah, he is kind of the comic relief,
1: yeah he's he's the comic relief that Coulson always gets the over upper hand on, yeah, and so if I had to watch him in the side of the room while I'm think watching that serious scene between Tony and Cap, and I don't think I would have liked that and I Ross. just I would have been distracted. I would have been fine with him like somewhere in the movie, that would have been fine, but that scene was too emotionally weighty
0: for me to have Talbot in the room. <laughs> well like what if he was like waiting outside? Kind of thing, yeah. That would've been fun with me. Like he waits outside by the chopper. The thing is,
1: this the Sokovia Accords are not about the Inhumans. They are partially. Pro- we don't know what they cover. We really don't. But there's huge. It sounds like the Sokovia Accords specifically are about the Avengers.
0: Well, yeah, because the. It's like the movies are trying to maintain their own continuity, so they can't acknowledge anything else and say that this exists because not everybody's watched that. But they're already acknowledging that everybody's watched the movies, so can't we just add on a little more?
1: Yeah, well, you you know you know you know I the know. answer to that. Like, not everyone watches the shows. And, I know, and not as many people watch the shows as watch the movies, but no. The thing is, like they're called the Sokovia Accords. The Sokovia Accords—they're—they're they're named that because the Avengers went there and caused this big calamity. Yeah, um, and I think that uh, the Sokovia Accords are probably specifically about the Avengers and what they're allowed to do as a team. Um, they do mention while they're sitting there that uh, the number of superpowered people has been going up mm-hmm. since Tony made his announcement. In two thousand eight or whatever, Um, but they don't actually say whether the Sokovia Accords covers all enhanced individuals or if it's just about the Avengers. And it sounds to me, based on the movie, that it's just about the Avengers and getting the Avengers under the government's control.
0: And it seems like the um, the show just kind of said, "Yeah, it's about us too. It's about us too." See, did they actually talk about the Sokovia Accords much on the show? Yeah, the very next episode, Talbot was going crazy about it. Talbot goes in
1: there. That's right. See, so so what I said back back then was that maybe the Scovia cords had different sections that we're not we don't know about. Yeah, or or whatever. Huge. It's a there's so huge much huge to it. So yeah.
0: yeah, it's a very large document so I guess that it was must set have down had, in front of them.
1: Must have had something to do with other other, other characters. Um, so had to have
0: had to have. with that many things or yeah. that much that much paper. That much in so use? ignore what
1: I said a minute ago. Okay. Yeah. Done. I do think that what they were talking about the Avengers about was about the Avengers and them coming under control of the government.
0: Yeah, like um, why would the Avengers care about Inhumans? Yeah, they don't like, know anything about
1: them. <laughs> like, and Talbot doesn't even really Talbot just knows of this weird. There might be Inhumans out there. Yeah, Talbot's probably as as a, as the uh, the the listener wrote in. Um, Talbot is the head of the ATCU, and he still only knows of a few Inhumans. You know? Yeah.
0: So it's it's not, not like they're tracking a hundred of them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not. I mean, they did have a bunch of them in gel cubes, but they all got taken by Hydra. <laughs> and they all so, got killed. Yes, by Lash. By Lash. So, there's all that.
0: Uh, Sherman Smith said to us on Facebook, Watchmen was more of a parody than a satire. Or Sorry. more of a
1: satire than a parody. More of
0: a satire than a parody. I can read sometimes. It's okay.
1: Uh I can I can go with that. Yeah. I
0: It seems way too serious to be a satire.
1: Well, I would say the, I, think what, I think what I think what he's saying is satire is more serious than parody. But I don't know. It's it's kind of a fine line. I don't know the exact definitions of satire versus parody, but we should probably study that. <laughs> sure. Read us the definitions of satire and parody. Nah. Oh come on! I don't want to. We could anyway. I I I think that satire and parody, there's a fine line. But I definitely hear what you're saying. That it is uh, it, it, p- parody doesn't necessarily. I don't know. I don't know what you mean, actually, Sherman. So
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm going to explain this. You know what? No, I don't know what you. Mean. I don't know because
1: I I don't. To be honest, I don't really understand the full difference between satire and parody. So there we go. I guess
0: they're assuming or Sherman's assuming that satire or I'm sorry that parody is more of like a goofy thing like
1: like obviously um, it's not like a parody like Weird Owl is a parody but right. it kind of is there's Owlman instead of Batman you know like it kind of is that, that level of parody yeah but I don't know I don't know what his name is I don't think it's Owlman <laughs> no nah, it's, it's Night Owl Night Owl um, but he's
0: Batman, you know, like he's the obvious Batman. Uh, yeah. So you you got you got these And then there's you know the Dr. Manhattan that's clearly Superman. <laughs> I love that his name's
1: Night Owl, that's really funny. <laughs> he just um, he
0: just likes to go out to the clubs. What? He's a Night Owl. <laughs> um No, I would say that the satire is just kind of showing the absurdity of the situation, which it does you know like if you've got superpowered people or you know people who are heroes like what's going to happen with that obviously this and it just kind of shows the extreme of it i guess
1: i'm going to read the definitions to satire and parody
0: okay <laughs> cuz now we've been
1: talking about it for like two minutes and i feel like we we're still just like it kind of means this uh okay the definition of satire is the use of humor irony, exaggeration, or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, uh, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and or topical issues. I could definitely see Watchmen being that.
0: Yeah, um, especially with the exaggeration bit.
1: Yeah, uh, and the even the humor and the particular, th- the vices that it's getting on- in is like the the typical vices of a, like, superhero, um, uh, you know, story. You know, it's trying to put an exaggeration to kind of turn on its head and point out the, the vices. Whereas parody is an imitation of the style of a particular writer, artist, or genre with deliberate exaggeration for comic effect. So one is trying to point out the vices, and one is specifically going for comedy,
0: yeah.
2: according
1: to this.
0: According to... According to the definitions Google. on Google. So... And if you apply that to film, then, yeah, I would say satire would probably be... Yeah,
1: I'll go with that. Watchmen. I, you are right, Sherman.
0: I agree now that I, I've studied.
1: I, I still feel like I did in the beginning. There's kind of a fine line between those two things, but, yeah. Uh, in the... In, if, if their purpose is... Uh, comedy or to to point out issues i think that satire is more of an appropriate genre to put yeah watchman in that's fair. good call good call sherman
0: uh sherman smith said later on facebook the energy shield would be great for cap but seeing he's already in wakanda i think he should just go with a replica of the original that's a great point
1: <laughs> we were talking all about this energy shield but he is in wakanda they yeah. can easily give him a shield. You know, where they
0: have the vibranium.
1: <laughs> they have all the vibranium they
0: need. If they could give him a shield like he has in the comics now that looks a lot like the uh, the shield that he had for the USO shows. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be so cool. Uh, Stephanie Will said to us on Facebook, way to boost continuity. No, wait. Let me reread that with the proper inflection. Way to boost continuity. <laughs> They sound completely different that way. It's all about how you read it. (laughs) Way to boost continuity. Hill leaves Stark and becomes the new S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Team Cap comes to her to get re-outfitted as underground vigilantes, since they're on the run from the government, and they know Hill will likely be on Black Widow and Cap's side. Emo Daisy goes to New York and runs into JJ. They kick ass together and bond over tragedy. Easier to bring movies to TV since scripts are written probably two years before the movie is actually released. Especially a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that is week to week. Uh, They may want to kill off a character that's going to be in a movie and can't. The Netflix characters would be easier since they're shot in bigger chunks and have a longer time between seasons.
1: Yeah. They could absolutely have some good connections uh, between the uh, the, the Netflix world And they've talked about it They've talked about it A lot of the actors have talked about it I don't know that the The producers have got to be talking about it though They have to They need to do it Just do it guys Please Just do it <laughs> And yeah Hill Hill's a great uh, Hill's not really doing much in the movies these days And she's been in the show a number of times So I don't know why I mean she's
0: kind more. of a celebrated television actor Yeah So I don't know why they couldn't have her come on for, you know, some sort of big role. Yeah, absolutely, and they
1: have had her in two or three episodes now, and she's always been she fit really well yeah. and made the world feel more tied together. So, more Hill is is more good, but I still want freaking Doctor Strange to show up in the Netflix series. That would bring a lot of continuity to this whole thing. Yeah,
0: it would. If he showed up in the Defenders, oh, oh, if he helped found that team. Yeah. Oh. be amazing. Oh, oh God. I just <laughs> nerdgasmed everywhere. Dude, that's my couch. You're welcome. Zedzel sent us a picture, said, I made this for you guys. Oh,
1: right. He, he put a, uh, he made, a, there was a picture of Tom Holland climbing, uh climbing and taking a picture on set as Spider-Man. It was a Spidey selfie. It was a Spidey selfie, yeah. And it, he, he just... Uh, Zell put a piece of paper in his hand that said, I'm sorry for Spider-Man 3.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, he should be after that. Bunch of cabbage.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's not a great
0: movie. <laughs> not a great
1: movie. I don't really have many fond memories of it. Mm. And my favorite parts were Peter Parker goes dancing.
0: And that's the worst part of it. I know. <laughs> but it's my favorite part, and you can't take that away from me. My favorite part was the final fight. I was like, this is the best superhero fight that has happened ever. It was ever.
1: probably the best superhero fight at that point.
0: Yeah, at that point. It was so good. And uh, then since then we've had like...
1: The problem was I didn't care about the characters, and they didn't do a good job of setting them up. And
0: Yeah. There's it, a lot of problems with that. Yeah.
1: Spiders fight, Spider-Man's style of fighting has always been great. In all three uh, Sam Raimi movies, both Garfield movies, like the spider fights never are lacking because it's just such a cool character who uses agility and kind of strength that seems to come out of nowhere because he's so small, but he's just so strong. Yeah, you just
0: don't expect him to be that strong.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh no, he looks so fragile. I think that's, yeah. like so, he's so fragile and he like moves so beautifully. Yeah, It's just
0: real cool. Oh man, 6,000 pounds, or whats was it? 4,500 pounds, 35 miles an hour. That's no easy feat. Yeah. That's... <laughs> uh, we keep going back to Civil War. So let's talk about some feedback about Civil War. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Spoiler alert for any of you that have lived under a rock for the past few months. I know haven't we've talked Civil about War. some Civil War things, but this is going to get into some serious spoiler territory. So, If we haven't already. <clears throat> Levi said to us on Twitter, How did Cap make it from the funeral to the UN so fast?
1: I don't know where the UN is.
0: It was in Germany.
1: They said it. And I don't know how long it actually took. I, I think they were... Very deliberately, uh, uh, you know, vague about that. Germany to London, or Germany to London, isn't all that far. When you're Captain America, Quinjet. Quinjet. That's all we gotta say.
0: <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> he probably didn't have a Quinjet. Technically,
1: I don't know. At that point, he's still in a uh, good favor.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, if you drive. From London to Germany, it takes 10 hours, according to Google Maps.
1: So the explosion happened, and he showed up still during the cleanup or whatever? Yes. Yeah. It's. But we, I, yeah, I just don't know how long it actually was in between. It's probably like a one hour flight, though. <laughs> it's probably not very far away. Yeah, it's
0: not far as far as flights go. So he could have just hopped on
1: a plane and been there fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's 550 miles or so.
1: Because, like, when he gets there, there's all this, you know, cops and emergency medical and all that stuff on site. So if they can get there, you know, takes them 30 minutes. He could probably jump out of a plane as it flew over the embassy. (laughs) Um, Not have to deal with traffic or anything like that. Yeah. You know, his friend, his friend Falcon, could just his buddy. pick him up and fly him over there.
0: Hey, pal, give me a ride. <laughs> I'm not your buddy, pal. <laughs> I'm not your pal, friend. Uh oh, too much. All right, so Stuart Jones said to us on, uh, on our website, the murder was caught on tape because they had just left a shield compound and were outside the fence, but were still on CCTV. Talking about Tony's
1: mother's murder
0: yeah and parents. why it was on how it was on camera yeah uh standard shield s o p the win- that um, the winter soldier is bold indeed to kill them right outside of shield <laughs>
1: <laughs> were they coming from shield do we know that, or is that just uh Stuart's supposition
0: i uh, we know he had uh, that stuff i was under <sighs> i was under the impression that they were leaving the house I was too or a house i was too um and we 'cause he said, i always love coming home for Christmas
1: I thought it was that fest scene at the beginning where he's talking to his parents. Yeah. I thought it was the that moment. They left. Well,
0: he said like or they they had the mother saying, like, you know that this is the last time you're gonna see us.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So Oh, I guess he could have
1: been home for Christmas and then that then he was off at off at school by the time they came back and then they died somewhere in the next three months or whatever. Yeah doesn't have to be right then. I, I was under the impression it was with him. When that, when that happened, that was like the day they left the house and then they died on the way to the whatever. It couldn't have
0: been three months later or whatever. Oh, yeah? December 16, 1991.
1: Oh, is that is that when they died? Yeah. Do we know that? Is that when that flashback scene
0: happened? He was home for Christmas.
1: Oh, right. That makes sense. 1991.
0: December sixteen. 1991. Okay,
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: Mission report. December 16, 1991. Yeah,
1: so they must have been it could have been them leaving the Pentagon as well cuz that's where they were going.
0: I mean, it didn't necessarily have to be when they were immediately leaving that particular yeah. location. It could have been a day or two later.
1: Could have sometime been sometime in the in the next 10 days, 9 days yeah. they died.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or 10 to 9 hours, you know, could have gone somewhere else and then left. Anyway, either way, that's beside the point. Uh, Brandon said to us on Twitter, he sent a picture. Okay, anyway, Crossbone says he won't meet his cronies later. Sounds like he knows he's going to blow himself up, so he's clearly still working for someone. Do we assume new Hydra? I don't
1: think that necessarily means he's working for someone. I do think that whole team is working for someone. Maybe Hydra... Whatever they're trying to get something to somebody.
0: Well, they were getting the, um, the vial of the vial, yeah,
1: the bioterrorism stuff. Bi- Whatever biological weapon they were getting the vial of MacGuffin <laughs> to, to 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 move it to wherever. Um, but I don't think him die. He knows he's gonna die there. But I think it's purely out of spite and vengeance. Maybe like I think he he is real mad at Captain America <laughs> and he wants to kill Captain America. It's
0: for dropping a building on my face. Yeah,
1: I as I, I think I said in a previous podcast, but I really want him to show up in the next movie like this is for throwing me through a building. <laughs> just like he's somehow <laughs> survives. for blowing me up. He somehow survives every Captain America movie and shows up
0: more damaged. <laughs> Oh, God. It's like the nemesis system in Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> Grave Walker. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, let's see. Next part of it. Not thanking Red Wing by Black Widow is hilarious.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that was really good. I'm, I'm not thanking that thing. Come on. Go on and pet him. He's cute, right?
2: <laughs>
0: Odd that Cap says, quote, you save as many people as you can. Can't save them all. In Ultron, he said, we're not leaving one person on the rock before blowing. Black Widow's line about everyone up here versus everyone down there. There's no math there. That, Yeah, there is a little bit of oddness to the continuity. But we've mentioned before how it, it's very, it seems like Cap is kind of a different character when you go from like Joss Whedon Cap to um, the Russo Brothers Cap. Yeah. And I, maybe he learned from Age of Ultron, like, maybe we shouldn't have stayed up here so long. But they saved everybody. Yeah. Hmm.
1: But they didn't save everybody. As we know, in this movie, there are there were a lot of casualties. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, that's that's what he means, is, like, you save everybody that you absolutely can. You'd never give up on saving people, but there are people that do get caught in the crossfire. Sure.
1: I felt like that movie, in particular in Age of Ultron, uh, that scene is a direct response to Man of Steel. Oh yeah, easily. Um, in Man of Steel, they destroy everything, and then the next year, they Marvel put out a movie, and they made sure they were like, you know how in DC Superman let everyone die, our heroes <laughs> save people. <laughs> like they they really wanted to drive home that our heroes save people. Yeah, and, and so so I do feel I definitely see his point that this kind of moves at the speed of plot, like they're they're the what the, the way they feel about it just depends on what they need for that situation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Zemo has experience in decoding and patience. Uh, Special Sokovian unit. More to come from that later. Mm. Uh, Cat dressed up to retrieve Bucky so he'd remember. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I didn't catch that when we were watching it, and that's awesome. Yeah, I did. Later, someone told me about it. and I was like, oh, yeah, he was wearing the old suit. Yep. It's awesome. Yep, yep. It's really great. So
0: he had time to leave the funeral,
1: go to the museum, pick up his old <laughs> suit.
0: He's probably got that old suit in storage somewhere. Yeah, but between
1: London and Germany? Yeah. Or, uh, where, where was Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier was off somewhere completely Winter different.
0: Soldier was in DC. It was uh, at the Triskelion.
1: Oh, okay. Well, DC is where the museum was. That makes total sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, all this is perfect. S- suit was right there. Yeah. Going to Budapest, you know. Got to stop off at D.C. real quick. <laughs> from Germany.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: No. All good, man. No. 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 <laughs> no. Well, no. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Chris said to us on, uh, on Twitter, at MCU Cast. You guys probably already knew this, but if not, in the comics, Cap gave the you move, or the no, you move speech from Peggy's funeral to Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I did, did know, know that. that. I did know that. And I I remember rereading it just before the movie came out and just being like filled up with pride.
1: Yeah. It's Swell. a great it's such a great speech and it's great that they used Peggy for such a key thing for Civil War. I love yeah. it. Mm. I loved it. it uh
2: probably-
0: Jordan Icor or Acorns? Icorns? Acorns? I'm not sure. I-E-corns. A-E-I-corns. ie Killer acorns. Jordan says. Jo- Jordan says. Love the show, guys. Thank you. Love you, too. Uh, just wanted to touch base with you real quick. I am very much on the side of Iron Man, and the movie drove that in a little bit more. You guys keep talking about how Tony Stark is a bad guy, but I don't think that's really the case. I think the antagonist is whichever side is the opposite of yours. I look at it from a place of Tony knowing he screwed up. Ultron, then trying to fix it by working with the government. He almost destroyed the world by creating Ultron, then Captain America protecting Bucky and hiding that secret about the whole parents thing. That was screwed up. I simply see Tony as a misguided man trying to atone for his mistakes, not a man literally doing bad things. I IDK, just my two cents.
1: I totally agree. <laughs> I don't think he's... I think he is the antagonist of this movie, but I don't think he's a bad guy. They did do a really good job of making him walk the line of...
0: Yeah, we accidentally say villain a lot when we mean antagonist. Yeah, and we just mix up the words. We're just dumb with all that <laughs> is. We agree with you entirely. We're just dumb yeah. on the way we say things. Totally agree with all those things. When we say he's being
1: the bad guy, we, w- there are moments in Civil War where he is the bad guy. And those moments are mostly just the last 20 minutes when he is... Trying to murder Winter Soldier, and I think this movie is taking a good man. He goes through breakup with Pepper. He goes through like fighting his friends. He's going through all this pressure of the government, and then he snaps when he finds out his he finds his mother's killer after probably wanting to know that his entire life, and he tries to murder. Winter Soldier. And it, it would be murder. It's and it's, the, this is just straight up murder. So I think he does turn into the villain for 20 minutes at the end of the movie.
0: It's not even that he finds his mother's killer. It's that he watches it happen on camera. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's rough. It's real brutal. It's really, really rough. And so I, I, I agree with you, Jordan, that he is not a bad guy in general. But I think in this movie, he is pushed to a place where he does some pretty – Gnarly things, uh, which I don't know. There's, there's just, there's no defense. There's, I feel like there's no defense of him in those last twenty minutes. Yeah, he is a, he is, he is trying to murder Winter Soldier, who did something under brainwashing and is no longer under brainwashing, and he's falling right into the hands of Zemo, and he's electing to
0: do that. You know? Yeah, he's just playing right into it. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> uh. Such a good movie. I want to go watch it again. Can I go watch it again? You yeah, want to man. go watch it again right now? I'm down. I think it's a, the dollar theater. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. I don't have any money. I'm literally at zero dollars and zero cents in my both my accounts. But... I got you. It's the dollar theater. <laughs> okay. I think it's actually at the dollar 50 theater now. Oh, well, then I'm out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that 50 cents just broke it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Walk about Bob said to us, hey, MCU cast. Hi, Bob. I just had another opportunity to enjoy Captain America Civil War. Upon second viewing, I was left with a few stray thoughts and questions that I decided to pass along to you. There's
1: a lot here, so we'll probably break it down by uh, section here. Numbered,
0: so. numbered bullets. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's got some numbered, bulleted sections, so we'll probably break it down.
0: Number one, T'Challa's ring definitely seemed to cause some so- some form of reaction from Bucky's arm. I believe Bucky's arm is vibranium, but have they affirmed that in the MCU? If so, is it possible that the ring T'Challa took from his father has the ability to manipulate vibranium? Perhaps that is how the Black Panther suit is able to retract its claws with no discernible movement inside the suit in the final scene with Zemo. Huh. There was a reaction, but I don't think that Winter Soldier's... No, if... If Winter Soldier's arm is made of vibranium, then it would have just reflected the 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 repulsor beam, the repulsor blast from Iron Man's chest repulsor back into him. Because Cap's shield always repuls or always reflects the blast.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I vaguely remember uh his arm like crumbling and crushing at some points. Do you remember that? It's real hard. I don't even remember this ring thing he's talking about.
0: Uh, when T'Challa was fighting him outside of costume, like mm-hmm. when he was trying to get away to the chopper and escape, uh, T'Challa was fighting him and, like, caught his arm and then had his hand up over the arm and was – you like you hear a wh- 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 kind of sound a little oh, bit. Oh, really? And his arm starts to pull back, and they they have this moment of, like, what? what's happening? How does what? And then – Winter Soldier, like, kind of breaks out and well, gets thrown against the wall and runs away. I somehow completely missed that Walkabout, Bob. I'm going to have to go check that out. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say we have to go watch it again right now. All right, let's do it. Okay. Oh, wait, now you said you're out. Never mind. <laughs> uh, number two, I felt like the best line in the entire movie was from Romanoff. I just didn't want you to be alone. What was your favorite line if you had to choose just one?
1: probably from oh man, just depends there's so many good ones I would I want to say from an emotional standpoint which I think is what he's talking about with I just didn't want you to be alone which I love that line as well um, from an emotional standpoint I loved the speech at Peggy's funeral yeah um, that really got me got me good, I mean I was crying like in the first few minutes of this movie it was great um, but also weeping from just a badass perspective, everything that Tony and Cap go back and forth on on their different points of view, I just love it all. <laughs> really, and then everything uh, Ant Man and Spider Man say is hilarious, and so so there's just so many good lines. I don't really have a
0: Ant Man's got a, a line that is pretty meta if you if you take it in the context of it coming from Marvel okay. to us um, when he says, "I've got something pretty big." But I can't hold it for very long. But how is that meta? I don't get it. Uh, It's Marvel saying to us, we've got a really big idea for a movie. Like, all of these heroes in it, but I can't hold it for very long. So there's only this one little bit in the movie where it has everybody.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So
0: now that they know what they're doing and have control of it, they can do this again in Infinity War. Which... When Ant-Man gets control of, of his Giant-Man size, he's able to do that a bunch. That is an interesting
1: allegory. Yeah. I don't know if they meant that, but I they like it. They
0: might not have, but it,
1: <laughs> it kind of tracks. Yeah, totally. My,
0: uh, my original thought on, like, best line in the movie was Ant-Man, like, when he grew to that size, going, Oh! <laughs>
1: that's, that's what I was going to say!
0: That's what I was going to say! <laughs> Probably my, the thing I
1: laughed at more than anything in the movie was when he's just laughing in, like, Weird slow motion because he's so big, like, yeah,
0: because he's just amazed that he can do this. He's oh, so good. Give me back my roadie. (laughs) I really like the
1: really short exchange between um, uh, Spider-Man and Cap. He's like, I'm a kid for I'm (laughs) I'm from Queens. I'm from Brooklyn.
0: You got a hard kid. Where are you from? Queens, Brooklyn. Loved that. Love yep. that. I love... Uh, <laughs> you um, have the right to remain silent!
1: <laughs> That's great. I really love when Tony goes to the raft and Ant-Man is, is like... Uh, what does he say? Hank Pym
0: always said never trust a Stark.
1: <laughs> Hank Pym always said never trust a Stark. And he goes, sorry,
0: who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Come on, man. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. much
1: good. So much you good.
0: Know, one of the lines that uh, that perfectly displays uh tony's feelings for cap it just it's it's such a perfect character moment for him is when he says sometimes i want to punch you in your perfect teeth but i don't want you gone we need you cap yeah like uh just wrench my heart out why don't you yeah i hate watching mom and dad fight <laughs> Three. Anyway, okay, I'm moving on. Number three. I didn't quite understand what Rhodey said to Vision about Falcon right before being blasted. Was Rhodey asking Vision to destroy or merely incapacitate Sam?
1: Pretty sure incapacitate.
0: Yeah, he was saying aim for his thruster so that it turned him into a glider. Like, turn his...
1: Yeah, he's like, turn him into a glider. Turn him into a glider is
0: exactly what he said. And that was Rhodey saying that. So basically take out his engine so that he doesn't have any power to
1: but he can still land safely yeah
0: like don't don't kill him yeah don't do to him what you were about to do to me yeah damn that hurts that was rough it was real rough uh, number four, for an avant-garde technical university with prodigious technologies, it seems that MIT has incredibly slow-responding elevators. After Stark pushes <laughs> the button, the woman gave her entire soliloquy, and the elevator still never comes to terminal before the scene comes to a close. Sometimes uh, those buildings are old. Sometimes those buildings are old. <laughs> That's all I gotta say.
1: Sometimes you can have the most prestigious university, but sometimes the especially especially in the back of the stage of of like an auditorium, eh, that could be a very old elevator. But yeah, sure. It's like back it, the little weird backstage elevator.
0: Maybe yeah. it hasn't been updated since they built the auditorium. I don't know. Well, I mean, that elevator never needed to show up.
1: Yeah, it's, not, it's just not necessary that the building you're, live, you're like work, working in is being worked on by the people that work there. <laughs> it's like that building was probably built for them, and then they worked there. It's not like they're all tweaking the elevators.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't you? Maybe, maybe. I know Tony would. Tony would, for sure. <laughs> it's like, I can do these better. Uh, Number five, I think that one of the most interesting aspects of hearing the voicemails from Zemo's family is that we get a glimpse into the culture of Sokovia itself. She is speaking English to her husband. Is that common for Sokovians? If so, why such strong Cyrillic accents? Also, Zemo mentions that he had comforted his wife by saying that they were miles from harm. Is Sokovia one of the very few countries that measure distance in miles rather than kilometers? Uh, The only other countries to use miles are Myanmar, Liberia, and some parts of the UK. It seems an odd choice or an oversight by screenwriters. At first, I thought that he was merely translating his original conversation into English for T'Challa, but as mentioned before, he speaks to his wife in English. That is weird. (laughs) It's a pretty good point. (laughs) Yeah, I think that may have just been a writing oversight to make things more palatable yeah for um, american audiences
1: yeah i think that's probably what it was yeah probably just making it you just don't want too many subtitles in a movie like this yeah uh but i wouldn't have minded that being subtitled but i guess some people would
0: plus if you measure distance and kilometers people are like how far is that uh i'm dumb american uh like it's hard enough in pokemon being like okay uh Ten kilometers.
2: That's there was like, some article
0: like
1: about six miles. How Pokemon Go is going to finally put us on the metric system? Yeah, <laughs> Pokemon Go is going to like solve childhood obesity and finally get America on the metric system.
0: <laughs> I like it. I'm okay with that. Base ten number system is the best way to go. I mean, we have ten fingers and toes. It's true, and
1: ten's easy. 10's 10. I totally agree. It's definitely misses I mean, them all the
0: way. Kangaroos hop down under drinking chocolate milk. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. <laughs> it, it may, absolutely number six. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. I do. I do. Okay, <laughs> number six. Finally, this is one issue that I totally did not understand. It seems as though Cap was requesting that Stark contact him if Tony ever needs assistance. However. That isn't how I thought burner phones worked. Usually the person who receives the burner phone then receives a phone call. If you send someone a phone, they still have no idea what number to dial. If you program the digits into the phone, don't you think that Tony could trace it to its origin? Perhaps you can help me headcanon this one. Sorry for the bombardment. I love to hear you guys chatter about these things. It brings joy.
1: Yeah. You know what?
0: You bring joy to me. Yeah. Thanks. Welcome up,
1: Bob.
0: Cap's not real good on technology. <laughs> so, so he's just wrong
1: He just <laughs> sent a phone He's like, call me on this burner phone But I have the burner phone, Cap You're, you're not understanding how this works <laughs> <laughs>
0: I programmed my number in I can trace that I know exactly where you are
1: <laughs> I think the thing is I think he trusts Tony In a weird way Yeah I think he doesn't. He knows that Tony could probably track him down. He
0: saw that change of heart and understood that what happened was just a fit of rage. Yeah, and I think he knows. And he forgave him. He forgave him more than anything. Yeah.
1: He also knows that Tony wasn't that cool with the imprisonment of his team. And I, yeah, even though Tony is still in good grace of the government, I don't think the government is in the good graces of Tony That's at fair. this
0: point. I mean. Give me a call. I'll put you on hold. I like to watch the line blink. <laughs> oh yeah. So,
1: but yeah. No, I don't know what the the deal with the phone is. Like, I guess you could say it's some sort of special phone that only contacts one number. Nah, or,
0: man. I told you. It's Cap's a bad. Just a bad not phone. good with. It's a bad phone. <laughs> it's a cap phone. Yeah. It's just a regular phone that got given to him by Cap because Cap has no idea how technology works. <laughs>
1: perfect <laughs> I really like the idea that cap
0: uh, cap was like caps still just really old so
1: how do I how do I get a secret line out to uh, to 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 him you get a burner phone oh okay a burner phone and he just sent a burner phone
0: <laughs> like it's pre-packaged it looks like it came from Walmart <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know I hear Sam Walton had some good product in there I just know shield
1: you got Natasha's on his team, team now. You got like all these people, uh, Hawkeye's on his team. Like They know technology. They figured something out. They rigged up a phone that can connect through 15 different servers or <laughs> Cap, whatever.
0: Cap comes back from Walmart with a phone, Like breaks it out of the package, and hands it to Clint. He's just like, do this. <laughs> Make this work make this to where tony can call me i really want cap to like be playing pokemon go in the next <laughs> cap movie. Oh. oh man it's just so fun imagining cap being old yeah like, acting like an old person i like that he's old i really do oh she's gotta be 90 by now so are we pal <laughs> oh man anyway
3: Hi, um, one of your other listeners mentioned being closer to Tony Stark's age than Peter Parker's, like in reference to Empire Strikes Back thing. And as someone who is um, much closer to Peter Parker's age, like I've been seeing and sort of thinking a lot on the, the, like, the controversy of bringing him in in the first place, because even if he is a superhero, he is still 15 and has been superheroing for six months. So Tony got this 15-year-old kid with six months of experience and brought him to the airport illegally without a passport and without parental permission whatsoever to, um, to fight people, some of whom have been, like, fighting various things for longer than he has been alive as a person. And I think that's kind of messed up. As do a lot of other people. Especially considering that um, if you listen to the, like, this Incarnation's version of the Great Responsibility thing, he matches up a lot better with Cap ideologically. So if Tony actually explained the whole situation besides, like, Captain America is wrong, but he he thinks he's right, and that makes him dangerous, Spider-Man probably would have been on a different side. And a lot of people are saying that that's sort of manipulative, that... Iron Man brought him in after that. So I, I wanted to hear like your thoughts on that, if you have thoughts on that. Thanks.
0: Those are awesome points. Yeah, you're not wrong at all. Like <laughs> It's so messed up that Tony went and got a 15, 16-year-old kid.
2: Yeah,
1: the whole time he's talking on this bed about the great responsibility. Uh, all
0: we think is oh, like, oh, that's such a great that... mentor and student moment. No, 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 no. That's what I'm
2: thinking.
1: All I thought
0: of was how much that reminds me of...
1: Cap's conversation in Captain America One when he's talking uh, on the bed to the scientist. Oh, with Erskine, yeah, yeah. His conversation with Erskine in Cap One is the, basically the same conversation they're having, and I, I just, <laughs> I just it was like, the, he is, he is shaping up to be the next Captain America, the next kid with heart who can like, you know, who wants to stop the bad guys. Yeah, and <laughs> I just don't like bullies. <laughs> I just don't like bullies, and when you have
0: powers and you don't d- stop. When you can do what I do and you don't, then the bad things happen because of you. Yeah. It, it, it's, so, it's so
1: great. <sighs> and so I was thinking that the first time I watched the movie, I was like, eh, he would be on Cap's side. Like, straight up, straight up what he would be on Cap's well, side. Well, I
0: mean, he, in the comics, he started out on Tony's side because Tony manipulated him into being on yeah. his side, and then he changed sides.
1: Which I still think there's room for that. Oh in, yeah. in these in these coming movies, even though I don't think they're going to call it Spider Man Civil War like I wanted them to, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I
1: I still think there could be a lot more Civil War repercussions in Spider Man, and if they wanted to make another whatever, even Doctor Strange or whatever could have some Civil War things sprinkled throughout. Uh, but anyway, great points, Tara you're, it is you're not so wrong. messed up. You it was so
0: messed up for him to like grab an intern and be like, "All right, we're going to take you illegally to Germany and then fight these guys that have been killing people throughout the decades." The
1: one the one thing I will say is he does te- he knows the kid has a lot of power. And he does tell the kid, "Stay out of the way and web people up."
0: Yeah, stay back and web them up. Like, like we he, talked about, like we talked
1: about, like he has trained him a little bit. They've talked about the game plan.
0: I don't know that he trained him a little bit so much. True. as he had a uh, he did give he him did, a
1: badass suit. Which he gave is him a nice. quick pep talk, right? And he gave him a plan as to what they're going to do. Uh, it's not like he just and and also Go get him slugger. <laughs> also, he's not taking him to fight villains here. He's taking him to fight a group of heroes that he knows will do nothing to harm a child. You know. Uh, with the exception of possibly Winter Soldier, who he doesn't really know, uh, but he—I think he trusts that the 15 people on that battlefield, 14 of them he knows are not going to hurt a child. <laughs> and so I think I think there's there's
0: well the only indicator Cap's team has that he's a child is his mannerism when he shows up.
1: Yeah. So, cause, how yeah, old he's got is a mask. this kid?
0: Well, like they didn't ask how old is this guy. Yeah. That was I mean that was Rhodey all that cap got was a person just webbed me up and took my shield and yeah, then true that's i mean they can't see him because yeah. of the mask
1: well i just think they know who they, they know he's with tony and none of them in that scene no one's trying to kill anybody
0: yeah well yeah. it's not
1: until later in the it's, movie we get tony... to real murderous <laughs> compulsions the murdery parts the murdery parts of the movie are not until later
0: <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah, it, it could be said that Tony knew that he was going to be taking him into a fight where everybody was going to be pulling their punches. Yeah. But that's still, like, those are big punches to pull. They're still going to hurt. Yeah, and it's still, you're, you dragged a 15-year-old
1: away from his mother to the other side of the world. From his aunt. Uh, sorry. His guardian. His guardian. To the other side of the world without permission, without a passport, to fight in a battle royale with a bunch of superheroes. It's, it's definitely some shady... Uh, Business.
0: Yeah. Tony doesn't make
1: good decisions.
0: Well, I mean, that sounds like something a scroll would do.
1: Yeah, it does sound like something a scroll would do. That's a great
0: point. That's a great point. Oh, that's going to be every point I make now. Yeah. It wasn't Tony. Tony wouldn't do that. Scroll Tony would do that.
1: Thank you for that idea, Nathaniel. It's the best.
0: (laughs) Um, And I think Tara had
1: one more voicemail here with some other things she wanted to say about it.
3: As someone who will probably be 17 by the time you use this, I am a minor. And I can't sign. Jack shit. So in the in Civil War, Spider-Man, who is in high school and 15 and also a minor, fights alongside the Avengers. Can he sign the Accords? Does he have to? Does ant May have to sign on his behalf? H- how would that work? How will the Accords, if they address other superheroes outside of the Avengers or if Spider-Man becomes an Avenger, how will the Accords address super minors? Minor?
0: Also a good point. Um, the Accords register, like, it's it, if it's based on the Superhero Men Registration Act, like it was in the comics, um, it's a legal document that registers people, so they would have to put in their name and information and everything. So, um, the... I think signing, parent or legal guardian would have to sign as well.
1: I think getting the Avengers to sign is important for the Sokovia Accords to succeed because they're the big names. But I don't think signing the Accords is even necessary for anyone other than, uh, other than the Avengers. Because I think they, they want the Avengers signatures because they're the big names that are doing all the saving. But what I, think the, I think what the Accords say is if you have superpowers you don't have the right to use them. Unless we, unless give, we say unless so, unless we say so, I think it's like outlawing vigilante justice. I think that's basically what the accords are doing, um, it, based on what they did, talked about in uh,
0: Agents of Shield. Yeah, but there's no, there wasn't any kind of like, definite's on like you have to, um, you have to register. Here's how you do it. Oh, yeah, we we
2: got very like, here's very why little. and how
0: and yeah, we got very we got no specifics. Yeah,
1: so I don't think I just don't think that it matters whether <clears throat> Peter. Once the Sokovia Accords have been approved and have gone through, and the Avengers have agreed to sign them, I think the Avengers signing them is almost just a PR thing for the Sokovia Accords to pass because it's they're signing them, saying we approve.
0: That's a good point, though, um, to bring up because, like, how is Spider-Man going to function in Homecoming, like on his own? Right. With the Sokovia Accords in place, that's a great
1: point. Yeah. Because is he only going to be able to use his powers, especially under the tutelage of Tony, who is all, like, this is why I say it might be more Civil War than we think. Like, what if Tony, by the end of that movie, is having to, like, track down Spider-Man, like, uh... uh is, like, is, it,
0: like, if he shows up, it's like, hey, kid, I've heard you've been using your powers. Like, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. It, it could really flesh out what the Sokovia Accords are about, and what... What heroes are allowed to do under the Sokovia Accords once they're enacted? Yeah, Um, because we're gonna have Uncle Tony coming over.
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, literally,
1: (laughs) Uncle Tony uh, coming over to to scoop up this kid and say, "Hey, man, you be cool, be cool. You're gonna get in trouble. Um, I like you and all, but you're gonna get in trouble doing this thing." And he's gonna, you know,
0: keep doing the thing. Keep
1: doing the thing because he's Spider Man. That's what he do. What do you do? Hmm. So, yeah. That's fair. I think it's exciting stuff. All of this is very exciting stuff. So, thank you, Tara, for your voicemails. Uh, I think we had a couple of shield feedbacks, and I think that's where we're going to have to stop for the night. Uh, we're going to do a couple of S.H.I.E.L.D. So a uh, secondary spoiler alert for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because we got two feedbacks
0: here about that. Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, uh, I had to wait until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 got onto Netflix and am now semi-binging it. Uh, in your coverage of Episode 20, I think you guys hit on something when you said that the show didn't really know what was going to happen in Civil War. Episode 20 was very sloppy. Uh, for example, Lash had his power changed and then was thrown away for no good reason. Uh, by the way, I thought he looked like a 1970s TV Hulk. Laughable rather than impressive. Ooh. But the real sign of a slapdash effort is the huge and as yet uncorrected video editing error at 2748 where Lincoln had his dia- or has dialogue when his mouth isn't moving. Episode, oh, no. The episode was thrown together, I think, in a mad dash to adapt the season finale, uh, which I am about to watch as soon as I hit post.
1: Wow. I hope that's not true. I hope they're at least giving them the script to civil war a few months in advance. Or just
0: keynotes to touch on something.
1: Right. Yeah. That would be that would be atrocious if, if it's if it's like Jeffrey is speculating here that they actually don't know what's going to happen. That would be terrible. That would be terrible. That's that's worse than anything we've talked about. Uh, we talked about a lot of the problems between the studios and how they're separating the TV and movie uh, worlds so a little seems. bit. Uh, yeah, but if they actually aren't paying attention to what each other are doing, or if they're making them like scramble like that, that's pretty rough. Yeah. Surely that's not going on.
0: I would hope not.
1: Surely Jeff Loeb has a little bit more pull than that. I'm that sure he's like, still friends with Feige.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Can we talk to Jeff Loeb real quick? Just call him up. Get him on the phone right now. <laughs> what do you, him, hit what do you him want to say? What Skype? do you want to
1: say to Jeff Loeb?
0: I uh, need to ask him if he and Feige are still cool. Like, are we going to have to have talk about like visitation and like who gets the Inhumans, or the kids, or whatever. You know, (laughs) you know. Anyway. Uh, Jeffrey James followed up saying, uh, finally got to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale. Spoilers. First, I want to repeat how much I enjoy the podcast. I would like to repeat how much I enjoy you talking to us about how much you enjoy the podcast. (laughs) So thank you for that. Thanks, Jeffrey, for a little aside. Uh, So much so that I sprung for an antenna to watch and record Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 and keep current with your cast. Oh, That's... You didn't have to do all that.
1: (laughs) That's real sweet.
0: As usually, your discussion of the TV show increased my enjoyment of it. I, too, thought that the Lincoln relationship was forced, but enjoyed the last minute where he and Hive did a little bromancing about life. (laughs) I, too, am a bit perplexed about the show's fascination with Sky slash Daisy slash Quake. I don't know whether it's Chloe's acting chops or the writing, but I find her a fairly bland character. Perhaps she'll be better as a rebel. I'm not thrilled about, or thrilled with, the introduction of another AI entity, as AI stories tend to all have the same plot. We'll see how that, or how they play that. Blah. Hopefully, we'll see a return of Bobby Hunter. I can take or leave, since there were episodes over the past two seasons where the highlight for me, at least, was guessing how they'd highlight Bobby's assets. And by that, I mean her fighting skills. Get your mind out of the gutter.
1: Nah, <laughs> He totally got me. <laughs> I was about to <laughs> say
0: some things. Sir. <laughs> anyway, back to the cast. I'm totally stoked for the upcoming season. Doctor Strange, one of my early favorites in comic land, and especially Luke Cage. Yeah. One of his early favorites in comic land. I'm really excited to see what Jeffrey James has to say about Doctor Strange, because Doctor Strange is going to be incredible.
1: I, I'm i down, man. <sighs> I'm absolutely down. I hope it's We'll awesome. talk, sir. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're
1: gonna um, have a Jeff discussion yeah Jeff on Jeff discussion about strange
0: I don't know doctor Strange get your mind out of the gutter see <laughs> so you'll tie it back I like it I like yeah it. perfect um,
1: yeah I I I the only thing I disagree with him on here is I really like hunter maybe more than I like Bobby I like him more than I like Bobby I'm I'm gonna stake my Stake my claim that I like Hunter more than I like Bobby.
0: Well, he's just so funny. It's because he's so funny. I I know why you like him is that he's funny and he plays. He got to have a, a really solid arc in, especially in this season. Like yeah, he just he grew and showed all of his different facets, and and or not all of them, but showed a lot of his different facets to himself. And like we still don't have his backstory, but he's still a fun character.
1: Yeah. I, I I just he's quippy and cool. He's quippy and funny, but also I feel for him. I yeah. really like I I like how much he likes Bobby. Um Fair. I don't know that I would like him as much if Bobby weren't around because I do like the sort of dejected ex husband that's still in love with her. I like their relationship, but more I like the way he feels toward her more than I uh care care for her as much as I just like I just like Hunter a lot.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, just be like, you know what? I do like the way that they show off her assets
1: and your mind isn't the gutter.
0: No, her fighting skills were awesome. (laughs) I just really like the way that she uses those batons. I, I I'm going to make every innuendo I can talking about how, how she fights by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm letting you know. Cool. Future reference.
1: So, uh, I can't think of any good puns. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's awesome, and she's also real hot.
0: She is an attractive, very lady. attractive. Lady. Adriana Palicki is very attractive, very
1: very attractive.
0: Um, so all she's of her super tall too. Uh, yes, which I don't know. Is not attractive. <laughs> not attractive to some, but it is attractive to others. I I could go either way on it. She's just an attractive lady.
1: <laughs> we, we don't need a...
0: I don't uh, need a breakdown of her bro- and well, her attractiveness. See, it's not, a, it's
1: not a breakdown of her... Right now, we're starting to get a breakdown of what you like. That's fair. And we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that at you all. You guys
0: don't need that. <laughs> like, um, she's
1: tall, which... Hmm, how do I feel about <laughs> tall women? <laughs> it's,
0: okay. And we don't
1: need that, Jeff. I'm we sorry. Just don't need it at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, you know my ex-wife is tall, so like... It's whatever.
1: Yeah. I uh was she tall? I don't remember. I don't
0: I'm, she is I'm tall. real bad at
1: height. <laughs> real just never. I'm noticed. real bad at height
0: on TV. Like Tom Cruise looks like he's, oh, he's yeah. the tallest person well, in the
1: world. That's deliberate though. They they put like you they know They put him on stilts. They put people on like tall people on whatever and they always just make the the leading man look like a head above everyone. <laughs> or at least they just don't want you to look small if you're like the action hero
0: adriana palicki is five eleven. 11.
1: whoo that is tall i told she she is you
0: almost as tall as me yeah she's as tall as my mom <laughs> cool yeah i don't know what relevance that has freud would have something to say about that <laughs> freud
1: would definitely have something to say <laughs> about
0: where that conversation just went my ex-wife is six foot so
1: yep whatever Again, Freud would have a field day with you, my friend. Um, yeah, um, apparently. Our, I'm going to stop. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, six foot two right here. we're going to stop for the day. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm your therapist. I think that's all for today. Yeah. Our, our hour is up. Our now. hour is up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Our well, guys, race. we'll be back in two weeks with some more. Feedback and news, and maybe even more than that. We just had so much feedback and news that we just had plenty to talk about, and uh, haven't really gotten into anything deeper than that. Which I've been, I've been enjoying these casts. I've been enjoying just like we've got so much Daredevil
0: to talk about. Yeah, we
1: still have a lot of Daredevil feedback, and we have not gotten to it. We keep having it on the that next week. That will be the thing, though. Yeah, that we get to because uh, we're we're caught up on all of our. As Civil War and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and all of that feedback. So, next week we'll talk Daredevil more. We keep promising that we're not. But uh,
0: we're going to do it. We're actually going to do it this time. Yeah. In two weeks. In two weeks. Um, It might be a good idea, guys, uh, to pick up a comic book off of Amazon if you haven't yet. Uh, There is a particular one that we're going to be talking about this summer. Uh, I'm really excited about it. It's the Immortal Iron Fist uh, on Amazon. It's like $25 right now. Uh, It'll be. It's collecting a lot of the uh, the origin of Danny Rand and the Iron Fist and Living Weapons sagas. Uh, but it is it is something that we're going to talk about, and I'm really excited about this one. Um, cool. That might be coming up in, say, like a month or so. Yeah. All right. So if you guys want to join in on that, yeah. Do, that. Well,
1: do we still have an uh, Amazon affiliate link that's working? Uh, they keep shutting it down. That's weird. It's weird. All right, so... Just, uh, buy, just, it, just I- buy, buy it. Just go buy it. Buy it anywhere but Amazon. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back in two weeks with more of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hey, if you're looking for something fun similar to this, uh, check out all of our Giant Size Team Up Network podcasts, but specifically our good friends at the DC On Screen podcast. They're uh, they're doing all the DC shows. We do, We talk about all the Marvel – uh, Cinematic Universe stuff, they talk about all the DC shows and movies. So if you like any of that DC stuff, check them
0: out. Alright, peace. Until next time, true believers.